2: Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only 3 dollars per month.
3: Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez
4: ties
2: the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Can't teach it. Now, Trying to think of who in this building has the biggest opposite voice of that. Crowley. Probably is a good one. Who could come the closest in here? Like, Zeiss? Without, without Friday! having- FRIDAY! Well, no, yeah, without having to like really Friday! put it on. FRIDAY! FRIDAY. Right. Yeah, you know what? Pomp's probably the right pick. Steiny back in the day. Steiny could actually be on this By song. the way, Stiney, engaged! I know. I know. Congrats to former
1: uh he midday his, producer he, Bill Steinbach. He gets out of here and third, spreads his wings. A man that Joe Starkey said was asleep at the switch every day he came in here to do the job.
2: Mailing it in. You'd be like, Stein, he mailed it in. Absolutely. So what do you, how do you think he proposed to people say, like, hey, will you marry me? Do, he hey, is he a cup? Eat? Hey, you want to go steady for life? Hey, sweetcakes. <laughs> the best I, is when Joe
1: would ask him a question like Stiney, who's your favorite quarterback of all time? Oh, absolutely, Joe. <laughs> Stiney, that was
5: <laughs> Oh, you'll get that.
1: <laughs> I-, <laughs> I asked you for a name, brother. Okay. Uh, we've got a fun show, I think, today. Mitch Keller going to join us in the 3 o'clock hour. Uh, the NFL salary cap just went up. Unprecedented jump. Up $30 million to $255 million. The Steelers now, without even having to do any restructuring or any of the Omar Khan uh, magic, wizardry, now $7 million under the salary cap. Hooray! Yep. So just like that, you snap your fingers. They're in decent shape. NFL making a lot of money, so that means more money goes to the players, so the salary cap goes way up. This also comes at the same time, that there was a report on Chicago radio today, ESPN One Thousand. Albert Breer went on there and said he thinks Justin Fields will get traded next week. Okay, uh-huh. so I'm putting these two things together for this reason. Fields' fifth-year option is now twenty-five point six million dollars. That is official. That's a, that's now a number that gets locked in if you picked it up. If you pick it up, we know that now with the new salary cap figure. You've got more money to play with. A lot of people like us have angst about the Steelers quarterback position. The investment in Fields for the extra year would not be as cost prohibitive now because you've got more money to tink around with and toy with. So I'm gonna ask you and everybody else. If Fields is gonna get dealt next week, are you still holding out hope? Um four one two nine two eight nine three seven zero. Go ahead, Malsey. You still got your fingers crossed.
2: Did you ever have, I'm trying to think of a good analog here, but I'll just say anytime when you were growing up, you really wanted something and you thought pretty good chance my parents aren't going to get it for me. Like they're, when they say they're not getting it, they're not trying to set me up for a big positive surprise on Christmas or a birthday. They're probably not getting it for me. And then lo and behold, it actually came through much to your surprise. Is that like when you got cable television? No, 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 no. That was like a slow drip. And then we just eventually wore them down like water wears down a cliff face. And then my dad, there's my dad watching History's Mysteries two days into it after saying he'd never get cable. Yeah, that was uh some hypocrisy on his part. I'm like at I'm like at a ten or fifteen percent at most. Like, I here's the thing. I assume that th- this was not a surprise to any GM around the league. Don't you get the sense that teams probably have an inkling about this before the general public or even a Florio? does? I do. So I do. So okay. I think they're projecting. Right.
1: They're they're projecting. And that's I that's why you hire Omar Khan. He's very good
2: with this stuff. I also think that when, like, a guy like Jerry Dulac is getting things from Art Rooney, Art Rooney obviously knows what the cap is probably going to do, rough down to probably within a 2 or $3 million range on either side of it, because he's talking to Omar about this You'd stuff. like to think so. And so I would hope, or I would assume, that when Jerry is getting this from Art, it's with some sort of tacit understanding, or Art's telling Jerry what he's telling him, or telegraphing to Jerry the idea that they're not that interested in a starting quarterback in free agency, already knowing that it would be much more financially feasible. So I'm only holding, like, hold, you know, what is it? Keeping a torch lit for whatever they, carrying a torch for, like 10% of this. Like, I would be very pleasantly surprised if I find out next week the Steelers swung a deal for Justin Fields. I You're not holding your breath, but you still want it to happen is what it yeah, sounds like. Yeah, I mean, I but I'm trying to think of a sporting event or something like that or a, a, a happening in Pittsburgh sports that I didn't think was going to happen. where I, I, You know what? And I don't want to use this because, man, did this thing go belly up? I got to be honest. I'm hoping for it the same way I was hoping that they would trade for Chris Archer so many years ago. Something that just didn't happen for the Pirates ever. They refused to do it. An
1: oh my God moment. Holy crap, they actually did it. I remember it kind of saying
2: thing. to Joe on the air when we actually realized it wasn't like somebody pretending to be whoever, a fake Ken Rosenthal, I said, Joe, they actually did it. The Pirates just traded for Chris Archer. And then we off we went. And that's how I would feel if, out of the clear blue next week, here it is, the Steelers have acquired Justin Fields. So that's the best way I can answer your question. I'd like to see it happen. I feel very strongly that I already know what they're going to be with Kenny Pickett next year. I'm not enthused by that. I don't think Justin Fields is a sure thing, but I think there's enough ceiling there that I want to see what happens. I will be surprised, though, very surprised if they actually do the deal.
1: Okay, Donnie, so the fifth-year option doesn't seem as expensive for us now because the Steelers and everyone else has more money at their disposal. Fields will get traded next week, says Albert Breer. Uh, Are you hoping that it's the Steelers? Do you think it will be the Steelers?
5: Uh, I don't think it will be the Steelers. I I don't think it will be because they don't try or look into it. Uh, I think another team will swoop in and make it happen I think a team like Atlanta will end up being the the partner that Chicago is looking for they they have better draft positioning they have better draft capital they have more cap space that automatically makes it more attractive to Chicago the team that's going to make the deal now Atlanta has the eighth overall pick I don't think that's getting swapped absolutely not Justin Fields under no circumstance or condition they pick higher than the Steelers in every single round. Obviously, given where they finished last year: forty third in the second round, seventy fourth and 79th in the third round. Two
1: thirds. I didn't know that. Good job by you. And
5: then they also have they have a, they have at least one pick. So, are you in giving up round. on this
1: dream? Then is that what you're telling me? You've already moved on. You've already made peace with it that Fields isn't happening.
5: Yeah, I I, I think it's around where where Chris put it, like ten to fifteen percent. Do
1: you think they're going to regret it?
5: I actually do think Fields will have a, a – let's, let's just say that that does happen. He goes to Atlanta. I think he does look better there. And in that division, they could very well win it.
1: So you're inventing a scenario in which if Chris's prediction on the Steelers is right, where they just kind of do their usual thing and fart around and win about nine games and Kenny doesn't turn the ball over but doesn't look particularly good, you think we might have some jealousy or envy of what – Fields is doing with the Falcons
5: yeah I think we could be this time next year thinking oh well maybe they maybe they should have actually made a stronger push or maybe people shouldn't have been just so negative like this guy's career is over because it didn't work out in Chicago I think he could go to Atlanta and they could win the NFC South now that also is a testament to the NFC South I'm not saying he would win the AFC North but just consider what they're dealing with there well i would feel like atlanta would have a chance to host a playoff game which we haven't seen happen in about seven or no 2020 well yeah the covid year but i don't even count that nobody was in the stadium
2: thank god they weren't if they 2017
1: the last time look uh i think they're going to regret it big time i'm jealous that it is going to be maybe fields and zach robinson as the as the play caller and quarterback combo in atlanta because i don't think that the cost is going to be that much guys I just don't think there's a lot of bitters. Like, How many do you think the Ra- there actually are? I think there's. I think right now there might just be one. Atlanta. Yeah. The Ra- I, The Raiders were floated around out there. They hired Luke Getze. Who wants to see that marriage continue? You think Fields wants to play for Getze again, and do you think Getze wants to coach Fields? The Bears, Getze- the Bears floated to Vegas, and Fields says, Get- I'll just retire. Getze feels like he got fired because of Fields, and Fields feels like he didn't play up to his potential because of Getze. That's not happening. So where else? Minnesota's got to wait on Kirk Cousins. Tampa Bay's got to wait on Baker Mayfield. Tampa Bay's
2: already there's already reports out there that Tampa Bay is going to explore an extension with him. And why? Why would Tampa Bay seriously? No disrespect to Fields here. Would you agree that so far Baker Mayfield's a better NFL quarterback than Justin Fields? Is there really an argument there? No, he just won a playoff game and threw uh, what twenty eight touchdown passes. Thirty, I think he threw thirty two or thirty two. Thank you. But I mean, and you'd be. Now, Fields is more gifted athletically, but you're talking about a guy who went number one overall. Like, I wouldn't want... If I were a Buccaneers fan, and I found out my team said, screw it, with, and we're not going with Baker Mayfield, we're bringing in Justin Fields, I mean this. I would be mad. Because I think my, my guy in Mayfield is starting to find something there. Um, I'll, I'll be ticked off. I think they'll regret it. And I, I want to make it clear, I think they'll regret it, even though I don't think it's it's anywhere close to a guarantee that it works with Fields if he comes here. Like, maybe 50-50. That it that it works well, and then maybe like more like a ten to fifteen percent chance that he ends up being really good, but ten to fifteen percent is greater than zero percent, which is how I feel it would. You know, the chances of it going really well with Kenny are.
1: I've never been more since this became an idea that everybody was talking about. I mean, even today, again on ESPN, again Donnie is on his treadmill. He's working out. He's getting buff. He's lost all this weight. He's taking his shirt off and taking pictures. He's watching this at the gym. The same thing this morning. They're not talking about the bubble in college basketball. They're not talking about the NHL trade deadline, for goodness sake. They're not talking about uh, the NBA playoffs yet. They're talking about Justin Fields in Pittsburgh.
2: They're talking about a guy in Justin Fields who's never played in a playoff game. that's the that's the, the other wild part. This guy isn't even one of the NFL's best the, players. The
1: the the ESPN machine is still trying to pump this out. And even though they're talking about it, it's giving me false hope. I I act you said 10 to 15%? I think they're I think it's like down to 1%. I don't think it happens, man. And I'm 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 down about it. It's because I think it's a perfect storm of a player with potential who fits what your offense is aiming to be and it's not going to be expensive. You're I don't think you're going to get have to give up that much to get him. So it, it, these situations that are coming the Steelers' way potentially. I'm not a Russell Wilson guy. I'm not, but him for league minimum. Justin Fields for a pittance, a middle round pick. Yep. And then you've got him for one, two years and you see what happens. I think these are just opportunities that are going to pass them by. You know what it's going to be, right? It's going to be either it's going to be no Ryan, it's going to be, Ken, it's going to be and Kenny and
2: Tannehill. Tannehill. And then you know what I'll hold and out hope for See this pen? Then?
1: I will walk over to you and put you out of your misery and gouge you in the eyes so you don't have to even watch the games this fall. The
2: kind of messed up.
1: The only you Do know- you think our viewership on 937thefan.com if people knew that I was going to walk over with this pen and stab your eyes out, would we from a content standpoint, we'd get an email Guys,
2: oh, the greatest Craig, thing you
1: ever did. He'd have to Our send, it to, and, have to send it to me
2: in Braille, though. I wouldn't be able to read it anymore. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> you have to make it like very, uh, very. Craig sends adaptive. out an all
1: staff email. Team, this is the kind of stuff we're looking for. Craig here at sends fan. it to me
2: on a speak and spell. Thank you for getting Th- your eyes gouged out. Uh, I will tell you this. If it's Pickett and Tannehill, which is my betting favorite for their one, two. You know what I have to hope for then? Just give me just throw me a bone. Give me Spencer Rattler in, like, the fourth round. That's all I ask. If it's is Ken- it too
1: much to ask? Uh, if it's Kenny and Tannehill, I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen. I'm going to spend all of my summertime trying to talk myself into Kenny again.
2: I'm going to spend gonna play- that exact same time <laughs> talking you out of it and telling you this gonna, is a terrible I'm idea. I'm going to play
1: that Terry Bradshaw clip from Eisenhow show yesterday on loop over and over again until it seeps in almost like in the book 1984, where they'd have to wake up and they'd have to turn on that TV yeah. and they'd hear those instructions and over, gonna, and over and over again. And you're going to pick
2: the Steelers against whoever they open the season with to win by three touchdowns and they're going to get boat raced. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I'm going to give it 10 to 15%. I didn't realize you'd be down to 1%, but everything that they have telegraphed as an organization suggests they're just not interested. And I... I will reiterate this, I think, for the purposes of just going on the record and will making sure. Will they
1: rue sure. the day? Will there be rueing of days uh, if they don't do I this? Think
2: rue the, I think rue the day is so strong. That's Justin Fields goes to Atlanta in a trade for a marginal pick and wins a Super Bowl or something or wins the NFC there. Then you're ruined days. I want to make very clear, just so I'm on the record, I think the single person res- most responsible, assuming the Steelers don't try to trade for don't successfully trade for Justin Fields, will be Art Rooney II.
6: There's talent in Pittsburgh, so
7: there's part of the evaluation. He was supposed to be a ready-made prospect. He was, you know, older than a lot
1: of guys that were drafted the year prior to him being drafted. I think
7: everyone in the first round, he was older than them. He was this ready-made prospect. Through two years, he's thrown 13 touchdowns and 13 picks. That's not good enough for a guy that was not a developmental prospect. He started 24 games in the pros. He's thrown more than one touchdown in a game. Just one time. The ceiling is way higher
1: with Justin Fields. Tim, don't call me Matt Hasselbeck on ESPN. They are deep into their bullpen during the drudgery that is February sports talk on their shows. And so they dusted Tim Hasselbeck off, the lesser of the two Hasselbecks.
2: It run like an actual feather duster. Tim, you ready here? To apparently Cut your hair, put ripped- on
1: a suit. Kenny Pickett, and say for a ready-made quarterback, he's not been good enough. He was not looked at as a raw prospect.
2: What's inaccurate about that, though? That's not an inaccurate. Not much, take. but you know
1: what? I can tell you, like fan psyche, I I, I still I think have irrational fan idiosyncrasies. I still fall you? back on those. No, yeah.
2: not you. No. And so we think you're very rational here.
1: When I am gung ho on Kenny, and when I'm like drinking the Kenny Kool Aid, yeah, I hear that stuff from Tim Hasselbeck, and you know what I think. What the hell did he ever do? Okay. Who is this guy, Tim Hasselbeck? Give me his stats in the NFL. He'd be lucky. He didn't throw, did he even throw 13 touchdowns in his entire career? Donnie, without and looking, he's got the un- he did? He's got the unmitigated unmitigated gall. He's got the audacity to go on TV. Johnny, do you think Tim Kenny Hasselbeck? It like this? Screw
2: him. Do you think Tim Hasselbeck in 5 starts in 12 games overall threw as many His touchdowns as His wife got Kenny? fired
1: from the view. No one cares about her opinions anymore.
2: 5 touchdowns for Timmy Hassel.
5: Yeah. I was going to say under.
2: Yeah. Touchdown percentage of 2.8 though. Way better than Kenny's. Yeah. Like, but wait a minute. Hold on. Time out here. You're saying when I'm in the tank for Kenny, you're back in the tank already? No, I'm I'm, I'm giving you what like if this were said last february but you're talking you're almost saying it now like you feel that way anyway which tells me you're already starting to creep back into that mode No, i don't i'm just telling you the
1: fans who are still in on kenny and very pro kenny yeah they hear tim hasselbeck talk and that's what they think he's not even the best quarterback in his family what about when people hear ryan clark say stuff about kenny Oh, they! I think they respect Ryan Clark. What about
2: Orlovsky? You think Orlovsky gets the same treatment? Oh,
1: it's big like, time. If Orlovsky for the pro Kenny people, Orlovsky says something like that, they're tweeting him pictures
2: of him, gifs of himself running out of the end zone. Yeah, and then Bradshaw being a four-time Super Bowl winner is the perfect contrast. Yeah, uh, Donnie, tweeted, I'll agree with
1: you. Know what, Tim Hasselbeck? Yeah, you know, I think I'll agree with Terry Bradshaw on this one, pal.
2: Uh, Donnie tweeted out, just to tell you where people are at on this. Donnie tweeted out, I think the Falcons are trading for Justin Fields, and I think the Falcons are winning the a- NFC South. One of the first two responses, good. I don't want him here anyway. Yeah. All
1: right. Field is going to get traded next week. It doesn't sound like it's to the Steelers. Are the Steelers making a mistake here? 412 928 9370. Here's another one of these ESPN stooges. This is Mike Tannenbaum. Who drafted Mark Sanchez back in the day on what he thinks of the Steelers and Justin Fields?
7: I actually like Pittsburgh. Arthur Smith, your new offensive coordinator, in 2019 and 2020, when he was the OC of the Tennessee Titans, Ryan Tannehill led the NFL in yards per pass. He had a quarterback rating of like 110. He had two unbelievable years. And when you evaluate Justin Fields and Ryan Tannehill, They are very similar, in my opinion. Big, strong, athletic can make plays outside the pocket. And when you start comparing Jalen Warren and Najee Harris on this side and Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown with Pickens and Deontay Johnson, I think there's a lot more similarities than there are differences. So I love Mike Tomlin and obviously his Hall of Fame track record, but the scheme of Arthur Smith with Justin Fields, to me, with that defense, we already talked about his character. You don't think the way Justin Fields has comported himself. If I'm Mike Tomlin, we always say the tape sets the floor and the character sets the ceiling. I'm looking at a guy that only's has completed about 60% of his passes, 40 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. But if I could get him in my system with a fresh start, boy, the sky is the limit, and I'd be really aggressive right now. The sky is the limit. That the sounds
1: like is the roof. A match made in heaven. The Arthur Smith offense and the Justin Fields skill set, a younger, more talented, more athletic version – of Ryan Tannehill, who worked to some degree, to some effect, in the Arthur Smith offense, into Tannenbaum's credit, he didn't do what the pro-Kenny people hate. He didn't tear down Kenny to lift up Justin Fields. He just praised Justin Fields and being a fit in this offense on his own merits. He did not turn it into a Kenny Pickett, dump on him,
2: crush him. Uh take. Jeff in South Park, PM team number two fan tweets. I swear to God, I just saw Tim Hasselbeck at the Whitehall Library last week when I was there with my kid. The guy was a dead ringer. The woman he was there with, the mother of their child, was also way above his pay grade, so that would check out as well. That's a tacit endorsement of Elizabeth Hasselbeck. Yeah, who's not on The View
1: anymore. I have that right, I think. She was a big deal for a while there. She was on Survivor. Did you know that? I
2: the original think. Survivor? Like what the was the name of the guy, guy that won Richard the first Hatch. one? I like that guy. He cheated on his taxes, didn't he?
5: Yeah. Oh, come he on, ran around naked saying. the whole first season, then he got busted for tax evasion.
2: I mean, isn't that the circle of life for what do you fame get, in this country? What do you get paid for winning Survivor? He, he won a m- cool million bucks yeah. back then. And then I think he tried to evade the fact that I think Uncle Sam was taking, what, like about 400 of Old that? Old Dickie Hatch. Before inflation, that went a long way.
5: Man, that was like 2,000, too.
2: Here is, what a time
1: to be alive. Here is Eric on the fan. Hello, Eric.
3: Hey, how you doing, man? Hey, Eric. Hey, I'm, I'm listening to this, and um and um, I'm thinking to myself, you know, still, they always seem to get these situations where it's a perfect storm, no-brainer, hmm. makes a lot of sense, and they seem to screw it up. So, in this situation, I think... They're blowing a lot of smoke. I think when we get to the combine and things start to iron out, I think the Steelers are going to make a play for them. But my my thing is the play should be a fourth round pick in Deontay Johnson to to the Bears for uh, for Justin Field. I can't see giving a a second round pick. To a team that's going to have to move him. So the longer this game goes on. Let me they, ask you something, not, Eric.
2: Yeah. Let me ask you something. So I think you're right that if, if there's a limited number of suitors, they might not be able in Chicago to play chicken. Why just right. toss Deontay in there? Why not just stick with almost I'll go with a fourth round pick and dare them to get a better offer?
3: Well, that's what I was going to say, but just to, I'm I'm thinking of the Chase Claypool thing. I, I think that'll like take it over the top because there's there's other there's a plethora of Deontay Johnsons out there in free agency. Uh, the the guy from Houston, the Texans. Um, well, it's a great
1: draft for wide receivers too, Eric. Thanks for calling. Uh, the Bears, I think, would just have such buyer beware on any Steelers wide receiver, don't I still, you think?
2: Yeah, and I, I still want to say, I think the Chiefs would be the, the most likely dance partner for a Deontay trade for reasons I've already laid out here. I think a lot work. of fans
1: want to shoehorn Deontay Johnson into a trade. They're ready to turn the page on the guy based on how last season went. They're fed up, and I can't blame them. Steve is next. Hello, Steve.
8: Hey, guys. How you doing?
1: Hey, Steve, you agree with the last guy? You think Field should I come I do here? not. You do not?
8: I do not. I don't understand. I really don't. I mean, Justin Fields has 40-some starts. He has 30 interceptions, 20 fumbles, 18 fumbles, something like that. He's way under 500. Really good quarterbacks win their football team games, and he hasn't done that. And I just I don't understand this hype okay, for this so, guy. So
1: let me let me just ask you a question along those mm-hmm. lines. Then you say really good teams, really good quarterbacks win their teams' games, right? Right. So then, the, should the Steelers sign Jimmy Garoppolo?
8: No, I he's mean got, he's he's got,
1: hurt. He's got he's he's one of the highest win percentages of any quarterback in the last ten years.
8: I would have hired him three years ago when when San Francisco picked him up, but not now. Okay. I mean that's yeah that's I'm, a little I'm, different I'm,
1: I'm just saying by okay I'm just saying by that logic like if it's all about win percentage then you like guys like that because he he wins a lot of games even though I don't yeah think he's oh, very i mean good
8: at all. a handful of years ago I'd have taken Jimmy okay you know i I don't know I, I just don't understand the hype for so, this just, guy well, i mean just,
1: just one more thing Steve 40 touchdowns to 30 interceptions right?
8: That's and great. how many fumbles?
1: How many fumbles did you say? He's got a lot. He does have a lot of fumbles I mean, lost. How many? He has like
8: eighteen or twenty fumbles
1: lost, or to, or just fumbles total. He led the league in yeah. fumble,
2: in the way that f- Football Reference keeps it. Thirty-eight fumbles in his career. I don't. I don't think they keep fumbles lost though as part of it. Okay.
3: So if that's wa- insane.
2: Yeah. I mean, if wa- <laughs> it, that's a lot. Now, I'm not. I'm not
1: disagreeing. Their with you on their
2: that. number, by the way, thirty-eight is lost and recovered by his team. So that's just cumulative fumbles. It's a lot. Okay. Uh, let me just argue this though for a second if you're going to just go with the strict numbers. I think rate stats are also pretty good. Justin Fields' touchdown percentage in Chicago, 4.2% of his uh, his passes, his attempts, okay? End in a touchdown. 3.1% of his attempts end in an interception. 4.2, can he pick it, by the way, Pony, in both those stats, 1.8 exactly? He throws more touchdowns relative to Pickett than he does interceptions.
8: We've explored that in the last several weeks going into the All-Star break, and, and we've tried. It's this year i found that those opportunities have been less and there haven't been many like that the two trades have been made have been uh, expiring contracts for futures we've tried to to do that to give that element of the shakeup. i'm not usually a huge proponent of it but I, I felt that with where our group was at especially coming out of the break not having a really strong surge out of it that that wasn't that was one of the things we tried to do and continue to try to do It just the opportunities to to do it, haven't haven't really been there, and I think the level of urgency from the situation should should be what shakes it up. Especially given the fact that you know the last two games we've got two points in our reach, and we concede both in the final seven minutes of the game yet.
1: Okay, that was Kyle Dubis on the difficulty of making a hockey trade. The Penguins won last night, and on top of that, made a teeny weeny tiny hockey trade. I'm still trying to figure this one out, though. So they make a trade with Columbus, and they bring in a guy who's just a just a guy. They bring in someone that has played NHL games before, has scored some goals, but there's a condition on this trade where, if over the next 25 games or so,
2: the players sc- email Bemstrom, the player scores six goals, they get a conditional 2026 20, third rounder. There's a conditional twenty twenty six sixth already Which, there in the deal. It turns into a third if he scores six goals. Would you then not, as I saw many people suggest yesterday on Twitter, bench his ass immediately if he gets five goals? It it all depends.
1: If he's got five goals and, they're... and the team's on a 10-game winning streak? Or not even. I mean,
2: if he's got f- – how many does he need again to get the third? I right think back? if he gets six yep. with the Penguins – the sixth round conditional so, turns to a third. If he's at five
1: and he's playing well and the Penguins are a point out of a playoff spot, 81 games in, you play him. I mean,
2: then these there's if he's playing well and the pengu he gets there quickly and the Penguins don't make any ground up email buddy. Have you ever tried the AHL? Like, you can't play them. You can't. I know that third round picks and sixth round picks, because of the way hockey tends to go, like, the talent pool drops off precipitously. I'd still rather have it be a sixth rounder going to Columbus, who's in my conference, than a third rounder. See, I actually think what you're describing
1: is one of those rare situations where if the Penguins did something like that, I do think it would piss guys like Crosby off. If a guy's good enough to play in the NHL, He's playing well. He's helping them win.
2: No, I'm saying he, they're not winning. Get, like, they're not making up any ground. No, he I, just happens to be playing. Well, when I say helping goals.
1: him win, I mean, even if they're not going to make the playoffs, he makes them a better team, and he makes them better night to night. And the guys on the team know the only reason why he's in the press box or not in the NHL is because they don't want to give up a third-round pick. I think that that really irritates players. The same way in... All the sports, if there's performance bonuses and contracts and teams shut guys down because they don't want to pay the extra money, that ticks them off. Now, I, I would be more mad
2: about I would be more mad about a team shutting a guy down for financial purposes than for draft pick purposes. One is like the actual capital you use to theoretically build your roster out. Like in the NFL, when guys don't get, you know, when Tom Brady would make sure somebody would get their, you know, half million dollar bonus, a team trying to stiff a guy on that would drive me nuts. That's just money. In a le- in that specific league where they're making it hand over fist. I, I don't know. If I'm, the, if I'm Crosby, right, and I'm planning on being here for several more years because I'm still playing well, I'd like to think that if the team isn't going anywhere and this Bemstrom is playing some nice hockey, and they have to shut him down for a handful of games because he's got five goals. I would like to think that I would be cognizant of the fact that having a third round pick still in my possession is better than having a sixth round pick in my possession.
1: It just seems like it just seems like it's creating or stirring up potential controversy for no reason whatsoever. Why would you bring in a player like this and staple something to the trade? Or tag something with it that has the potential, at least, to create some kind of minor distraction for your team. I don't think the player's worth it for that.
2: You know, like what? Why did they need to put this condition to get Emil Bemstrom? Is what you're saying? Yes. Here. Why did there need to be a jump from a sixth to a third? Why Emil Bemstrom for
1: a player like this, given where they're where they are, where they are? Why did they need to make a trade that immediately, to your point, made Penguins fans? Think about hypotheticals where they had to make a tough decision to not play someone, not because of how that player is doing, but because they're thinking about a middle round draft pick two years from now. I just no, I that know. just feels like what's the old expression? Mickey like Mouse. the orange isn't worth the, the juice the, isn't worth the, the, the juice squeeze. isn't
2: worth the squeeze. Thank you. It probably isn't. I don't know. It's just so weird. I think the funniest possible scenario here is. Emil Bemstrom comes over, first four games, four goals, Penguins 4-0. And then there's somebody out there going, you know, there's still four points out of a playoff spot. Do we really want to risk that that draft pick? Now I'm looking up the best third-round picks. In NHL history? In NHL history. I feel like the best sixth-round picks in NHL history. Well, I know, like, Zetterberg was, what, a seventh-rounder? Hornquist was a Mr. Irrelevant in the NHL draft. Mark Stone, a sixth rounder.
1: Yeah, but this is a third. No, I know. Well, it's I'm already looking up, a sixth.
2: I know. I'm looking up the sixth for the same reason. Anders Lee. We know him very well here. Uh, Nick Bonino. There's some decent players who were picked in the sixth round. Jesper Faust. Jesper, what's with Jespers? Swedish guys named Jesper going in the sixth round and having productive careers. Uh, coming up later in the show, we
1: have more of these heavy metal tickets to give away to see a band at PPG Paints Arena in March. So we're going to play a game called Remember
2: That Dude. Is this like a companion to the Twitter Let's Remember Some guys where people just say, you know, who's thinking about an underappreciated wide receiver? And I fire off Andre Hastings, and then the ball gets rolling. So
1: at 315, Donnie is going to use the fan account, and he is going to tweet out a picture of a former Pittsburgh athlete. Just a picture, just a face shot, not in uniform. Just a guy, just his headshot. Okay. And the first person on Twitter to get this, to name the athlete correctly, to remember the dude correctly, is going to win.
2: And they're not in—they're not in like costume, right?
1: No, or they're not even in uh, civilian garb. They are—they. It's just—it's going to be
5: pirate headshot.
1: It's good. So Donnie just gave it away. It's a Pirates player, a Pirates headshot. Okay. And just facial recognition. Do you think you're good at that kind of stuff? No terrible at it, actually. I routinely, like, get... Well, we recognized Tyler Maticavich when he walked right by us. I've Outside I've had of PPG Paints Arena, he wasn't in his pads or anything like that, and we recognized him right I'll away. recognize
2: people. My problem is I don't think they know who I am. And then, like, I've introduced myself to people who I know I haven't met, and they're like, I know who you are. You don't even have to introduce yourself. Like, hello. What a flex. That's not a f- – no, I don't mean it that way. It always ends up awkward. I know I made it sound like a flex. I always end up feeling like a complete idiot. Like, I'll just name a random
1: uh, pirate from yesteryear. If Will Craig – Walked into our building right now. Absolutely if you think From not. his face, you'd be able to tell. Zero point
2: zero percent chance. If zero Vance Worley showed up here, is he wearing the show? goggles? No. I still think I get the Vanimal. Like AJ Burnett's an easy one. Okay, I'm going to recognize him.
5: Andy Once, Rodriguez walks in with no his hat way. like on the very tippy top of his no, head.
2: Not a chance in hell. I know who that is. Just looking at him. Like you got to make it easy, Spanky Lavalier. Okay. But honestly, even though the guy had the great mustache, if Don Slot walks in this room, guys like that, no way. When we flew to New Orleans for my wedding, we our
1: layover was in Detroit, and Brian Trottier was on our flight to Detroit, and he had one of his Stanley Cup rings on. And I'm thinking to myself, does he get out of bed and he just randomly picks one? Just he's decides. got four from the Islander. He's got four from the Islanders, right? And he's got three. He's got two from the, two from the Penguins. Six. Yeah. I think he's got one as a coach, though. In Colorado. He's got seven rings. Okay.
2: So he's got all but one finger that's not a But thumb. he only had
1: one on that day. So I'm thinking he like how does favorite. he pick and choose? But my point is I without even seeing the ring, I see him at the airport. I go, Amanda, that's one of the greatest hockey players of all time. He yep. won the heart trophy. She didn't know what the heart trophy was. Of course. I'd explain that. I think in seventy nine he won it, if I'm not mistaken. And um so I point her out and she goes, How do you do that? I'm like, it's if you if you love sports. Yeah, you can pick up on that. But then the thing that really freaked her out was when we were at the Detroit airport. I recognized the guy that was in Super Size Me. Oh, uh, what was that guy's name? Cameron, something
2: or other. Yeah, the the dude though. Do you know the documentary? Yet? Yeah, no, I yes. watched it. Yeah, the red haired guy. Red haired guy. Haven't you and I been out like doing a show somewhere? And I have recognized some. Oh, we are doing a show, and I we th- were doing a show down at the casino. I won't name names here. But remember, we were there doing, was a Steelers player there. There was a Steelers. I was 99% sure there was a Steelers player just sauntering through on the But they can't get week. in trouble for that. No, that but I still to put the guy's name out I there. I still don't want to put the guy's name out there. But not only did I recognize him and do a double take, I'm pretty sure he knew who we were. 50-Minute Mark is brought to you by South Hills
1: Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, and Peters celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. The game's already ruined.
2: Remember well, a dude, because you can cheat. You just yeah, You, you just, taught me. There's a right-click thing you can do on any picture on, on Twitter now or anywhere, and there's an option, and it will pop a little sidebar off and just tell you exactly who you're looking at. I just tested it out with Justin Fields in a picture that does not identify him as such. Boom, there he is. I tested it out with the pirate in question. Hold on. Immediate. Here's a is. way
1: maybe we could work around it. If Donnie yes. took a picture of the player's picture and
2: posted it, No, still. It would still be able to tell? Once that picture's out, yes, it's like Google facial recognition. That's the problem. So if I took a picture of you right now and posted it on Twitter. it. do it. Do it. I swear to God, do it. it Yeah, you take your phone, talk through it, or I'll just sit here and talk in front of the microphone. I'll stand across so you can take a picture of me. Take a picture and then post it. I will right-click, search it, and it'll come up as me. Do it. I'm dead serious. Do it. I'm standing here. If you're on the live video feed, do it. Just make sure I'm in frame and there's not, like, a microphone on me. All right. I'm taking the picture now. The microphone's in frame, Mulsey. Well, just make sure you can see my big, stupid head. Yeah, I can. Okay. Post that picture. I'm going to immediately right-click it, and it should come up, even for a person of mild repute like me. It should so come up me. So I just tweeted
1: it and just posted Mulsey. <laughs> just a big idiot. Just the big idiot
2: Malsey. Let's
1: see now with reverse Google image search if it <clears throat> knows that it's Malsey.
2: All right. Oh, God, I look terrible. Man, do I look bad. Uh, search image with Google. Well, first it, it pops up Under Armour fleece hoodie, so you know what I'm wearing today. Is that a way around it? Hold on. Oh, man, results for people are limited, so it doesn't know who I am. But it did for this other one. Man, you took a picture of me and I gotta say the lazy eye looking really rough for old Mulsey. I mean, I look like I just got woken up out of a gravity bong session. But no, this one, it doesn't work, but I tried it for the player in question and it popped him up immediately.
1: Mm.
2: Well, we might have to come up with
1: plan B there then. All right, thanks for finding us today. Mitch Keller gonna join us next hour. Maybe we'll have to come up with a better idea than remember that dude for uh, heavy metal tickets. I'm very sorry. No, I'm happy that you did that because I don't want people
2: cheating to get tickets from us. Neither do I. That's can, why... You can delete the picture of me, by the way, if you want, I'm going to leave it. Would so you there's prefer just that I delete no, it? No, no, that's fine. So on like February 23rd, people are just going to look back and say, why did Pony post a picture of Malzi looking stoned out of his gourd and just write Malzi on it? <laughs> <laughs> anyway we, we, we're gonna have to find a plan b here so um people
1: have wanted to call in and are continuing to call in on justin fields the report is he's going to get traded at the combine next week we all agree that the steelers are not going to make this deal and we all agreed to some extent that the steelers are going to regret not making this deal 412-928-9370 if you want to be next up to uh chime in on that tj watt went on with the Pardon My Take guys. So do you know the story behind this? Why he went on with them? Yes. I know he's friendly with them, isn't he? He is. But what happened was when Jersey Jerry did that marathon where he had to use the golf simulator yeah, until yeah, he yeah. got the hole-in-one. What was involved with that, wasn't he? What happened was, because Jerry pulled it off, they they said whatever you want as a reward or as a as, a, as a prize, as a thank you for doing yes. this, a prize will... We'll make it happen. And he said the one thing you wanted to do was have a meal with TJ Watt. So him and Watt are friends. I they are. And he went to Chicago and I think sat down for lunch with with the three of them. Jerry, uh I did see a small clip of like Jerry
2: Um Big Cat. I did see a small clip of Jerry asking TJ Watt, was there any time where you did a sack? You got a sack and you thought Jerry'll really think that was a good one? And you can just see Watt there with, like, a stone face. And I hope it's, he's in on the joke.
1: It's something. Well, but it's – those guys, I think, have a legitimate friendship. They do. I think they I, I think text they and tweet each other. I think they do, which is – And TJ is – It's really something. TJ is, like, th- very thankful and humble that he has somebody like Jerry who's such a
2: big fan of him. And I think he's genuine when he says that. Well, Jerry has a very big following. Yes, he does. That hole-in-one simulator bit was – did – you want to talk about content – Craig keeps up himself awake at night thinking how he could replicate that. Well, I that actually
1: here. it's funny like it's funny about the content thing. I actually saw something today that made me think about us doing a spin-off of it. Which is Did you see the kid from Butler who, who set the 2-mile record? Mile record? The yeah, two I mile did actually see that. Yep. So he he did the 2-mile he did 2 miles in how long? How I mean and uh, how how many eight minutes?
2: minutes and 37 seconds, I believe. 8:37? 8:37 or 8:38? Yeah. And then the second place kid, by the way, was from Ringgold. I don't know if you knew that. I did not. The kid who finished second in this race, 10 seconds behind him, was a Ringgold kid. They're both going to Notre Dame to is run. 10, sen- is te- ten is seconds is ten- an eternity in that in that, I was going to say,
1: is 10 seconds off that record good? It's, a, it's,
2: an, it's still it's a lot. terrific. It's still terrific. It's just very long in racing terms. Because I was going to
1: come up with something like we could make bets on it. How many laps around a track do you think Harry
2: Callis could do in 8 minutes and 38 seconds? Uh, it's a three hundred twenty meter track, so it was a specialized track. First off, I'm saying like the normal high school track. So the normal one is how what? many laps do you
1: think Callis could do in eight minutes and thirty eight seconds?
2: Oh boy, you have just posed quite a question here. How many my laps friend.
1: do you think I could do in eight minutes? So and So here, so seconds. I know like
2: very high end world record. I think for that kind of stuff is around forty five. Like somebody really hauling ass. Um. I think you and I could at
1: least... Well, don't let me in with you. You went and ran this morning. Uh, we're not doing a lot of cardio at the personal training. True. It's mostly lifting weights for me.
2: I think it would normally take you at like a brisk but not sprinting pace. You'd go around there in a little over a minute 10 maybe.
1: Can I do a mile in under 8 minutes and 38 seconds? Yes, you can. You think so? Yeah, 100%. 100%. I think
2: all three of us should be able to.
1: Do you think there's a single fan host who can't? <clears throat>
2: Starkey, potentially, because I don't know how much he runs because of the Achilles. Like, I don't know if the Achilles is a true bum Achilles. If he runs, he can do it. Crowley can do it. Doran can do it. Although, you know what? I'll tell you this. Doran, if he's listening, I I don't mean this in a negative way. I really don't. But it's going to come across that way. Well, those guys all trained for, like, 10 seconds of explosive full-end running. But he would do it easily. He would do it easily. Like, I don't think people realize 8 minutes and 38 seconds, it's fast, but it's not that fast. Is there, like, a beer and a stogie waiting for him at the end? We could make him that promise. Sure. He's, he might do it in under six. Didn't he run like some sort of? Com- he ran competitive. I know I he thought. played
1: soccer in college. Oh,
2: then he could. Oh God, dude! But I think he, he was a goalie. Still, you have to be in in great physical condition. So yes, he can do it. Life on the line. Would you bank on Harry Callis doing it? Eight thirty eight. A mile? Yes. No, absolutely not. He's going over. Donnie, you agree? It's not like a, a diss of him. Callis getting it done you. in eight thirty eight. I know. I also Four laps. I don't now, think. keep in mind... I know ha- what a... But, like, I've I've watched enough people run. Yes. Like, I know what it actually we, looks we like had to run an 838 mile. We had mile. his kung
1: fu instructor come on and say he
2: has rare athleticism for a man that big. I don't think he can do it. I just saw Jason Kelsey run a 5K in Philly, like, on the shore in down there. sweatpants and a t-shirt. In sweatpants and a t-shirt. It was for some very good charitable cause. Autism, I believe. And he... He's a great guy. I'm he really fan. is. Awesome dude. He... To my knowledge, they actually timed him not from like when everyone else started running and then that's how many minutes afterwards he finished. He, it was from the time he started to the time he finished it was like 43 minutes. That's very slow for three miles. It is. It's you, just, I'm being honest. You know you. who I have doubts about? He was sucking wind at the end too. Oh, and I didn't he know is, that. He is a finely conditioned 300-pound man who is also like 6'3". So he's carrying three hundred pounds on a much taller frame yeah, than har- Harry, Harry Callis. Harry
5: won't be able to do it because I mean I, I think I would be pretty close.
2: No, I think I think definitely now post awaken one eighty. You're doing 180, the treadmill you every it. morning. Two seventy two, Donnie. I know, I know you're football getting out the, the Peloton. Normally, I
5: normally walk on the. You're doing the Peloton more than I run.
2: But you're trying to save my life, so you're absolutely. Hauling you got your ass. endurance up. You got your it'd stamina little, up.
5: Well, yeah, I mean it'd be a little bit different with something at at stake, but. I mean, I mean, I, I, I just don't see Harry doing it.
2: I think the only way Harry pulls it off is if he can somehow go around, like you got to go around a track four times, like a standard track, I think, to run a mile. I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm, Almost it is. right yeah right to the number. He's got to haul through the first two laps and then basically just try to trot his I, way to 838. You know what?
1: I'm going to say he could do it because I even watched him when he was at Jam Fest. We saw him there, Donnie. He's doing behind-the-back passes. He did an elbow pass.
2: He knocked down a couple threes.
1: Yeah, but that's some bigger basket, pe- b-
2: But running cross country in high school never prepped me for basketball conditioning because it's two very different. I kinds understand of running.
1: that, but the, but the the exercise I thought was going to be a problem for him. Some the Kessel, for example, some people that are bigger just have how's your breath capacity?
2: Yeah, I, I I think he could do it. Man, that is that is asking a lot. I think nine thirty eight, I would feel considerably better about his chances. 838 is still like you have to be moving at least. You know, you're not just like you're not basically doing like a very slow trot. You got to get going a little bit. The first mile, every time I do the half, the first mile I actually run is usually slower than it's like around nine minutes. And for me, that's not much. Like that's fine because I'm trying to sort through all the people that are running at that point. Yep. But man, once you start clipping down to eight minutes, you're moving, dude. I'm telling you. Also, I have a theory, by the way. I think our name, that player, might not be ruined. I figured out some about the Google Image thing. Because, you know how you said if Donnie takes a picture of it and posts it from his Twitter? I think that's what it goes by. I tried out Gentilly during a break, like a a picture of him easily found on Google Image, and then I just right-clicked it, and it was there. So, like, I think if Donnie takes the picture of the player and it comes from Donnie, like, Donnie just puts it on his phone and puts it out there.
1: So he saves it to his phone and, and then posts com- it.
2: Yeah, the source is
1: his phone. Let's try it. I think we got to. I think it's worth at least trying. All right, we'll do. Remember that dude then on Twitter at three fifteen. You go to ninety three seven the fan. You see the picture of the player. If in the mentions you name him correctly, you're going to get two tickets to see Avenged Sevenfold. The first person to do it is going to win those tickets to see a great heavy metal band. All right. Okay. So here's the TJ Watt audio. Him telling those guys how he felt about getting ripped off. By Miles Garrett and not winning Defensive Player of the Year,
2: I don't have a problem with any players. I everybody's from Miles and Michael, they're great players. Don't get me wrong. It's just that the voting. I just want more clarity on how it all comes about. I don't want any of it to come across as whining or complaining. It's just yeah. the matter of fact. You work so hard, and yeah, when you're not able to come away from the season with the Super Bowl, you like to fall back on something that the hard work, is yeah, exactly, it. yeah, and then not sure. get that as a sting. But at the end of
8: the day, it's more motivation.
2: Yeah.
1: All right, uh, he doesn't have a problem with any of the guys. If I were him, I would have a problem with Garrett because of the uh, no-love-loss between the two teams, the way that they feel about each other, the way that Garrett, what he did against the Steelers, taking Rudolph's helmet off. From our perspective, he's not a likable guy. You're telling me if Aaron Donald wins that award,
2: Watt's reaction is the same
1: exact thing? I have a hard time believing that because I think he'd have reverence for Donald.
2: Yeah, but I think Watt sees himself as basically on the same level as Donald, so I don't think there's a reverence factor there. I think he he might react differently, but I don't think that he he would just be like, okay, you know, it's Aaron Donald, he's that dude. I think Watt sees himself as right there. I see him and everybody else as a clear step below Aaron Donald, historically speaking, of this era, but I don't think he does. Also, by the way, just as a quick aside here on, on the topic of like, shouldn't like Miles Garrett because he plays for the other guys, among other things, like any other stuff he's done, obviously with Rudolph in the helmet. I do miss that. This is an old man get off my lawn take. I do miss it when guys from opposing teams like that generally, like, I miss the times when Heinz Ward and Ed Reed or Heinz Ward and Ray Lewis or Heinz Ward and Terrell Suggs legitimately didn't like each other. And then maybe after their careers were over, they're like, hey, we're done. Like, Are you
1: aware of the fact that I think Crowley gave the same exact? take and use the same exact player comparison okay, to make fine. his take? Well, you can at least attribute. Did
2: you know that he said that? I didn't. I didn't. Oh. And I'm an ardent Adam Crowley supporter. Just check my Twitter bio. It says that. he said, That was his exact But I argument. miss it. He likes that these guys... I miss it. I missed. the real He wants dislike. there to
1: be disdain. He wants there to be venom I, the only, The only... Honestly,
2: the only sport where I feel like there is still real venom between players on opposing teams is hockey.
1: Yeah, Crosby's come right out about the Flyers and said, I don't like those guys. I, I always appreciate when he pots a few goals against them and then comes out and says he eats that team's guts. (laughs) I get why he says more clarity. It was the one award where they went to analytics over traditional stats. So one award where that happened.
2: Well, I I think, did you say this when it happened? If you did, I'd give you credit. I'll give you credit for it right here. As long as this is how that award is determined moving forward, I got no problem with it. If we find out that next year, for example, for some reason, TJ Watt is analytically the best player in the sport defensively, his matchups are harder. He's double teamed whatever it might be. I'm not saying that will happen, but if it were to happen and he doesn't get the award, then I'll be ticked off. If he has the highest PFF grade and all this other stuff and then somebody else gets it, then I would be I'd be pretty hacked off. Okay, so last year Bosa won it. And then the year before that Watt won it. Mm-hmm. And then the
1: year before that Donald won it, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. You could have given the award to to Watt in 2020. Like I think it was pretty close between those two guys. I'd be interested if if Donald had a higher PFF grade in than Watt in 2020. Yeah. Chalooch, we can check on these things. I mean, Mike... I'm I've, guessing Donald still had a better grade, though, because he's looked at as God by PFF. They well, look they, at him they, as, like, the greatest player. They had to, like, reinvent their grades.
2: Well, they do, like, they look at him going with so double good. teams and just how quickly he would win and disrupt plays, that like, basically before they even started, like, in Tecmo Super Bowl. I think I have my years right where Watt had a legitimate case to be the
1: defensive right player of the year Aaron in Donald,
2: PFF grade for that year, 94, I mean dude, 94.2.
0: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional terms apply baseball is back and so is mlb.tv watch every out-of-market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices anywhere anytime all season long follow the action live or on demand Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Ooh.
2: Okay. so that was That's his, pretty good, right? That That's historically yeah, good. Yeah, because 2020 Watt led the league in sacks. All right. And then Watt, same year, he was second in the voting. TJ, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm just trying to filibuster here. T.J. Watt grade,
1: 91.6. So he lost the analytics argument that season, too. Uh, one more from Watt, talking about his brother and how close J.J. was to coming back and playing for the Steelers.
2: Like, when he came out and visited me, I think he even told you guys this and other people this. Like, it, he missed it the most at that point. And, like, if we were to rattle off some more wins and have – um the right trajectory, I think he would have truly entertained the idea. Yeah. Because he always said it was either there or Houston, but uh, we just couldn't get it done. would be so sick.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, It would have been awesome. It really yeah. would have been. What a sucky feeling that your brother is, not 50-50 on coming back, but there is something that would get him out of retirement and play with you. And you know that that thing is your team has to be good. Yeah. And your brother's like, no, you're not good enough for me to come out of retirement and play with you. Like, that's a harsh realization. That's you know, in your own locker room you might have belief in yourself or your coach is telling you, hey, we're gonna rally and everything's gonna be fine. Yeah. Well, your own brother is like, eh. Mm, Cause he's even uh... saying they're if we're on the right trajectory. He's watching the Arizona New England losses and it's just like, I'm good. I'm gonna come to games and eat my Sarah's chocolate pretzels and I think that's I'll all just I hang made. out. Yep. But hey, if you guys were if you were 10-3 right now. Different
2: story. I'd be back in the weight room like Rocky the at hell 4. Was, again, though, what the hell was J.J. going to be able to do in that quick of a period of time? He lost a lot of weight, man. Are they going to have him play outside linebacker in a 3-4? He was not. It's, no, he was going to play end. Pony, he had to have lost at least 25 to 30 pounds from his playing weight. Yeah,
1: but he's one of the greatest defensive players of all time. He would have figured with Savvy, he would have found a way. With Savvy? Yes. Yes. What is DeMarvin Leal's biggest problem? Uh, apparently that he came in out of shape. That's what Fittipaldo said. And also said. he's a tweener to begin with.
2: You tell me J.J. Watt at like 270 is going to be the same as J.J. Watt at 295. No, thank you. Not happening. It's a lie. Our writers created it.
1: By the way, Donnie wants to meet me at Sarah's uh, on Sunday. Are we still doing that?
2: Trying to meet both of you guys there. Oh, he told us separately and didn't tell us that he had told the other person. I'm bringing the boys, Pony. What time are you guys going? It's kind of dependent on Ace Man's nap, but... Are you strict nap time? No, like this... You want to know what happened quickly this morning? Is me and Alex. Not just really. Lennox went to school. She just goes, hey, Ace, do you want to go to bed? He just looks at her and does the bobblehead. Yes. So this is at like 11.05. I just took him up to bed. He was smiling. He was happy. Couldn't wait. Just completely random like that. So yes, we are planning both boys will be down there. I'm in. I don't think I can give Stella ice cream yet, though. How old is she? Seven months. Does she have any dairy intolerances that you're aware of? No. Why can't you give her ice cream? It's iced cream. Yeah, there's a lot of sugar in it, Malzy. Oh, so now you're going to be the dad who's health conscious. She's
1: a baby. Oh, so, so you were giving Lennox in and, and ice cream at seven months? Yes. Zero percent chance that happened. I want you to text Alex during the break and ask her that question. Done. I'll do it. I would say 99% of our audience agree with me on this. You're gonna get you're gonna get a deluge of texts on the text. So you're line, telling me they would say not a single saying,
2: spoonful of ice cream. No, just
1: pony. You're right. Lay off the ice cream until one year.
2: Oh, because she's gone eighteen through, months. You know what? You're two right years. because her digestive system has really adjusted well. They'd probably tell you it's better to give it to them when they're a baby and not when they're old enough I'm to have a sugar I'm just going by rush. what the
1: internet says, Chris.
2: Oh, they've never been wrong about anything. Text us
1: on the Edgar Slater Associates fan text line 412-928-9370. Mitch Keller set to join us later this hour. In a few minutes, Donnie is going to post a picture to our fan uh, Twitter account, and if you are the first to correctly guess who that picture, who it, who's in the picture, who it is, you're going to win two tickets to- All right, let's see if we get a correct response to remember that dude. Donnie tweeted out a photo of a former Pittsburgh athlete, and the first person to tweet back and get it right is going to win tickets to see a heavy metal band for free
2: <laughs> at PPG Paints Arena on March 25th. Yes? Uh Google, not perfect. I just tried the trick. Google, I will tell you this right now. I'll dissuade anybody. Google's version of who this is, if it's the same guy you told me it was, Pony, yep. is wrong. Google, incorrect.
5: Well, it looks like we already have a correct response.
2: Shut up. Like
5: no. 10 seconds after the tweet got sent out.
1: That's a Pirates freak. Who? Twitter handle?
5: C J. Well, okay, so the, the name is CJ Kramer, at Kramer412.
1: Kramer 412 correctly pointed out 28 seconds ago Donnie's post was a picture There was of actually Brandon somebody else Compton
5: <laughs> Somebody else got it too but he was first
2: at uh well it's just a guy whose display name is Clint Hurdle types in Ed Bacon Somebody else tries Jack Ham who has been a very popular wrong answer Mike Benjamin buddy the sideburns weren't there uh, you know why I have to do a shame bet with you guys for losing picks? Yeah, we still haven't decided what it's going to be either.
1: Okay, is it something that I could make a double or nothing bet with you on? No. No, we're not letting you wiggle well, your way out of it. Well, hold on a second. Can I at least tell
2: you what I was thinking the double or nothing bet is? Sure, but I'm, I'm almost certainly going to tell you no. Just tell me, though.
1: Next weekend, me. we get Harry Callis out to a high school track. If he runs a mile and under 838, I'm off scot-free. If he doesn't, I have to do double the punishment.
2: Donnie, I don't want to put I, our boy Callus in that spot. That's the I texted.
1: Te- I've texted Callus. He's game.
5: No, we're not letting him out of it.
1: Yeah, I don't want to. You know why? Well then you guys must have confidence in Harry Callis to get it done. Well if you Callis, then it no, could just no, no. be we're, double we're, we're paying. Not, for we're me. not
5: pulling this, okay? I did a full month of yeah, stupid TikTok, TikTok dances last year. You could make me
1: do two months if Callus can't get it done.
5: You're doing
2: you're you are doing no, your you're, shame back. Yeah, you're getting out. you're not
5: Listen how mad Donnie is. I know.
2: <laughs> he should be. He is indignant. You're about bringing
5: it. that up. Gives me another idea for Malzi if he hasn't decided already.
2: Oh, I've got two big ones in the hopper, Donnie, so we can make it three. Uh, Alex has uh, gotten back to me. The lovely Alexandra. A nurse, by the way. A scientist in that sense. They both had ice cream at six months. Maybe seven months. CDC says not until
1: two years. So who am I going to trust on this? Your very smart wife
2: or the CDC? Well, I don't want to flippantly say my very smart wife over the CDC because then we're going to bring a completely different kind of person out of the woodwork here. Oh, yeah. Who would that be? I don't know. Just I feel like Zeissian.
1: Speaking of Zeissian foods, how about this take today? Crowley said that Ze- Crowley said on the air that the fish sandwich with a beer is on his Mount Rushmore of meals. His Mount Rushmore? Yes. A top Did Crowley go to meal. Catholic
2: school? I think he, uh, he went to Mount Lebanon High School. There has to have been a good Catholic Church fish fry or just fish fry in general around him because that's, I think. The Don't get me wrong. I'm
1: jonesing for it. I haven't had one t- yet. They
2: taste good. Like a really good one is really good. If people haven't had one, they're like, ah, eh, fried fish. How good is it? It's really good. If somebody but, over the next three
1: hours brought us fish, fish fan sandwiches to work, if I can spit it out, I would devour one. Uh, would you do Tabasco or? Uh, I'd do both. A little
2: Tabasco, a little tartar.
1: Would you do uh, cocktail sauce?
2: Uh no not usually I like the hot sauce
1: I would over. go I I would be very much into that but I don't crave it Mount Rushmore meal to me is I'm craving this food I want to eat it year round
2: like a like a bone in tomahawk ribeye or something like that's eight I'm days craving, a week if I'm not gonna get coronary artery disease in a month from doing that I'm doing it that's every something day. Y-
1: you would take as dinner 365 I would not want a fish sandwich 365 days a year if Amanda said to me on July 12th hey how does how do fish sandwiches sound for dinner I would be lukewarm on it I would be tepid at best if this time said, of year it gets ratcheted up because we're used to it but it's not Mount Rushmore. I gotta be honest me.
2: it's not even if if we're talking about Lenten meals that that obviously keep everybody happy that are fish It's way behind sushi for me. So, I would agree with that. Sushi. I can Jones for sushi way more often than for a random fish sandwich and a beer. Uh, So, Zeiss
1: chimed in and said that this was his number one meal.
7: Turkey, mashed potatoes, stuffing, gravy, corn. One of the things, probably when I was like 10 years old, was the first time I went to like Bob Evans to get the slow roasted turkey meal. I go there, I was just there a week ago. And now everyone there is like 90. I do it at least probably three times, four times a month.
1: He's eating Thanksgiving dinner once a week. I'm just... Thoughts? (laughs) Turkey
2: is just such a blasé meat. So you don't even really like turkey on Thanksgiving? I think dark meat turkey's pretty good. I think turkey has its place. I think turkey's place happens to be on November 20-whatever, depending on what you
1: See, I'd is. rather do what Zeiss does than what Crowley is saying. I think I could eat Thanksgiving dinner more often than I Alex, could eat fish sandwich. Al-
2: I will tell you this about Alex. She uh, once requested for her birthday, which is mi- middle of summer, basically, end of July. She just said, can you do Thanksgiving in July? She's Team Zeiss. And and it was good, don't get me wrong, but I do think I would get sick of that once a week.
1: He's already gone to Bob Evans to get their turkey and stuffing four times this month. Donnie, who are you more in line with, Zeiss or Crowley on this one?
5: Thanksgiving dinner over, uh, what, the Lent fish fry? Yeah. Zeiss, ultimately.
1: High-ranking meal, either one for you?
5: Thanksgiving sure uh not one that I'll have like n- not one of those every day out of the year things. It's
1: not any other time of year for me. The other part, it happens once a year. I don't I don't have happens, turkey and stuffing or and mashed potatoes never, any other time. I
5: definitely never have stuffing at any other time right. of the year. Um I would say that
2: like the, other the part stuffing of things- that
5: like the stovetop stuffing it just
1: sits at the grocery store for 11 months until November comes. That's a good
2: question. Why doesn't Stovetop just, like, ramp up production once a year? Boom. You're set. Or
1: they got to do an advertising campaign where they try to talk people into eating stuffing more than just around
2: Thanksgiving. Hey, have a delicious ribeye tonight? Make it stuffing on the side.
1: Because I do like stuffing. But to Donnie's point, I never think to eat it at any other time of year. I'll
2: tell you this, too. The other part about Thanksgiving dinner that makes it appealing is the desserts. When you're thinking about fish fry desserts, though, it's like somebody made cobbler and put it on. you You ever seen the array of plated, like individual plated desserts that you'll see at a fish fry? There's a whole dessert table at my uh, parish grown-up. Somebody's blueberry cobbler, somebody's peach cobbler, crumble. Was there a keg? Oh, oh, the keg was a fine, time-honored tradition. As I said, in the Catholic Church, you know, for the religious, take a vow of poverty, chastity, obedience, but not sobriety. <laughs> not sobriety, my friend.
1: Isn't the whole point of, like, Lent to kind of be, like, doing things abstaining. in moderation Abstenious, and abstaining? Yes. But you show up at that fish fry and it's like here's a keg My, and the beers are a dollar and help yourself i'll tell you right town. i'll tell
2: you right now you've never like you ever see like the what's that show on fx the bear where they show like a kitchen behind the scenes right is that we've seen it okay i've never seen it either but i think that's what it's about what's about like a, like a restaurant kitchen so like the hustle and bustle right of, they made like, a whole show about that well it's, i think there's a lot more going on probably drug use if it's fx things like that i would go until nudity I, no not on fx boning. no backside uh, nudity Maybe there was an ass cheek or two. I would work the fish fry growing up as like a 12 and 13 year old. You'd be like a runner. You'd run orders from the kitchen to the front real quick. My buddy Mike, his dad and mom would run the fish fry though from the kitchen side of it. You'd go and peek in there to see if an order was ready. I kid you not. You'd see like five dudes in their 40s or 50s. Pitchers of beer just everywhere. I'm talking there had to be 10 pitchers. People bark in orders, and not one of them could have been sober. There's no way. Donnie,
1: did you have, like, a go-to spot for that stuff as a kid? I know the church was, like, right across the street from you guys.
5: Yeah, I don't remember, like, a big fish fry ever happening there, though, which was kind of a downfall. Like, we would have your, like, the the usual church breakfast, like, after, I don't know, like, like, just some random Sunday, like a fundraiser. Whenever I was a kid, we had, like, a... uh, an annual like summer carnival type thing they did away with that which kind of sucked because that was a fun time as a as a little guy running around those church
2: breakfasts were unreal when they'd happen once a month and there would be donuts and stuff cuz ours would just be you know for the kids it was just donuts and i would just go ham i mean they down they would there. go with
5: the whole shebang but i, I don't pancake
1: rem- sausage links oh
5: yeah i don't remember like the a big fish fry though which would have been nice given that it was right across the street is is the fish
2: fry thing like not unique to Pittsburgh but are we do we take it more seriously this time of year than almost any other so city So you bring that up I think I, the
1: answer I, to that is for the most part yes
5: I, I was talking about this last week last Friday and Charlie was producing Charlie who's not from here he brought up like hey I don't think this is a big deal like everywhere else it seems like it's a bigger deal here Not surprised A little bit surprised
1: by that though cuz he's in, he's from New Jersey there's a he's from a Catholic is it, very,
2: is it very Eastern European, though, in Jersey? Or is it a lot of, I'm serious, like Italian descent? Because like, I think this is like one of those Eastern European... Belts, deals. hotbeds. Yes. You've got your, you know, Polish, your what? What are the other... I'm, Poland is like the one that I always think of for this area. How about like the Greek Orthodox? Do they do fish fry? That's a hell of a question.
1: How about know. like those Ukrainian churches that you see? They get into the mix? I think they do their own different thing. Hmm. That's a great question, though. Texas on the Edgar St- 20 minutes away from Mitch Keller. He's going to talk about his new contract with us. Pirates Grapefruit League opener is tomorrow on the fan. Mark Caballi going to join us next hour too. 412-928-9370 is our telephone number if you want to join us. Uh, Let's go through some of the things here that I have in the hopper. First one. So, we started the show talking about how the salary cap went up. And Justin Fields, according to reports, is going to get dealt at the combine next week. That's when the Bears traded the first pick last year. Instead of trading the first pick this year, they're going to trade Justin Fields instead. And so, we all think that that's going to be something the Steelers don't do, and they're going to regret it in the long run. We all think, to some degree, Fields will be successful wherever he goes, and is a better option than what they have on the roster right now. Four one two nine two eight nine three seven zero. If you want to chime in on that, Doug Whaley on the fan had another idea
6: for quarterback. To me, Trey Lance gets me a little more excited because it brings a dynamic to the offense that they don't really have now. Kenny is mobile, but he's not a threat. Now to bring in that threat, which coach Tomlin has been on record saying this is something that he puts a lot of emphasis on and really enjoys and and likes is that threat of a quarterback running because it stretches the defense, stresses the defense, excuse me. So someone like that and also his, age being very young still kind of new to the league get him in the system and you can actually start having dedicated packages for him
1: does Trey Lance do anything for you Donnie
5: besides his age not really he's still only what like 22 didn't he come out at like 20
2: and he didn't play any games in college because he was at an FCS school and they had COVID hit Trey Lance is 23 years old still he will be twenty four before next season starts. He is about a year roughly a
5: year younger than Fields. You could like kind of make the the same arguments of like curiosity with a player like him, but you also kind of have to worry, like, all right, like Kyle Shanahan didn't see anything in this guy. He saw more in that,
2: that would that would be a big yeah, problem. Yeah, he, he
5: saw more in the last pick of the draft
2: which that doesn't say much for Kyle Shanahan, the GM, actually picking the guy and, hit, well, and Lynch out there. But once they made their decision, there was no hesitation. I also, I was, I'll was i cop to this pony. I was an idiot about the Trey Lance situation. I was like, that guy, like his numbers, remember how it was like 28 touchdowns, like one or two interceptions at North Dakota State. He looked so good and all that stuff. I was like, man, that guy's got to be a steal. So He's going to be great. And then the more I've read about him, like in retrospect, people had huge red flags mm. going up. Like, this guy is not being challenged by opposing defenses. This is not getting him ready for the NFL. He never lost
1: a college game. I know, but... They people... went 16-0 and his sophomore season, and then his junior year, he only played the one, like, showcase game.
2: But, I mean, what I'm saying is, everyone said the competition he went up against just did not prep him for what the NFL was going to throw at him. That would not appeal to me.
1: I mean, I don't think that the competition prepped Joe Flacco to play in the NFL.
2: He was at Delaware. Well, yeah, I think any of the, like McNair's obviously another example, it, but Trey Lance, those guys, like in Joe Flacco's case, as a rookie pony, he took a team to the AFC title game.
1: I get what you're saying. It's harder to project when you're playing at a low level and you're a man amongst boys per se. He is younger than Bo Nicks.
2: Oh, but I want no part of both. Lance Knicks,
1: is me. 23, like you said. Knicks is 23, but uh, turns 24, actually, in two days. Uh, I agree with what Donnie said. Teams that are proven with quarterbacks or coaches that are proven with quarterbacks and have a record of success, finding guys, making more out of them, mm-hmm. transforming their careers, if they don't believe in a player, I'm not going to believe in a player. Sean Payton doesn't believe in Russell Wilson. Therefore, I'm not a fan of Russell Wilson. Kyle Shanahan doesn't believe in Trey Lance. I'm not going to pretend like I think the Steelers and Mike Tomlin are going to do a better job with Trey Lance than the 49ers did. The team giving up on the player means a lot to me. That's why I probably thought Darnold might work in Carolina because it was the Jets giving up on Sam Darnold, not a team that has a track record or a coach that has a track record of doing something with quarterbacks. Yep. I also wonder in Whaley's case, and Doug takes the job here pretty seriously, but he also has a big enough name. Where if he just puts a name, just puts somebody out there, it's going to get legs. It's going to have traction. Sure. If I were in his shoes, I might just put a random ass, just throw like a hilarious, silly name out there for the Steelers, and then just watch kind of Rome
2: burn. Yeah, but he's got credibility to. to I know, maintain. but st-
1: yeah, I, but still, just once
2: in a while, just. So, throw- what's the most ridiculous name? He just says, you know, they gave up on him once, but they need to try to get him back. Chris Oladokun <laughs> is somebody that I think could work here. I'm going to give Benz really quick on this whole fields topic. Another Tim Benz. Yes. Uh, he's, he's in the mix now on it. Well, he just wrote something in the trip that I do think is interesting. A little blurb that he had. Uh, and this is from Steve Weish that he's referencing this. Uh, the NFL report Weish says, hey, for those trying to connect fields to the Steelers, Arthur Smith, head coach of the Falcons, didn't draft Justin Fields when he had the chance. He took Kyle Pitts. They bypassed a chance on Justin Fields. So it would stand to reason if they loved him, they might have taken him, but they didn't. And then Weish basically says, why now all of a sudden would the head coach who designed the offense over there take a sudden liking to Justin Fields and be pushing behind the scenes? Oh yeah, he would fit my offense. Couldn't you
1: also... Th- I think You, you could say it about Pickett well, I think and you Smith. Could, but I think you could also say that... The owner is involved in a draft where they're looking for a quarterback. And Arthur Blank has been at Atlanta when they passed on Fields and went with a tight end instead. So even without Smith there, are the Falcons going to give up something significant to get Fields when, as a collective, as a group, they passed on him before? No,
2: I understand that. I'm saying just specifically – to the idea that I, Arthur Smith no, would be lobbying behind the scenes, I, I, there's no reason I, to think he would be I don't
1: I don't think Arthur Smith I think Fields fits Smith's offense. I don't think that Smith would be the driving force behind getting
2: Fields. I think Tomlin would be. Uh Benz also goes on to point out, and this is fair, that the next year, the Falcons definitely did want a quarterback, but they passed on Kenny when they had a shot earlier at him. He was they were picking eighth. The Steelers took him twelve picks later. And then they waited till the third round to take a guy in Ritter who was the next guy off the board, 54 picks after Kenny. So, like, you could also make the qu- case, like, do we know for sure that Arthur Smith, other than the fact that he took the job here, loves Kenny Pickett? I don't think he does. I think
1: he's going to try to make it work because that's what the organization wants right now.
2: I don't Specifically think Ar- Art.
1: Yes. I don't think Arthur Smith picked the Steelers because he's enamored with Kenny Pickett. I think he picked the Steelers because... He likes the stability of the job here. He's going to get us three years. And he wants to learn under Mike Tomlin, which is a little bit ironic because Tomlin doesn't produce coaches. He has zero coaching tree. Pro Football Focus has a bigger coaching tree
2: than and Mike it, Tomlin. And isn't it? It's technically it's expanding right now. Like the Pro the-
1: Football Focus?
2: Well, like if Zach Robinson, more offensive
1: coordinators that have come out of Pro Football Focus than have come Sloic out of Pittsburgh. and
2: Robinson, and I'm saying if those guys start to create their own trees, then don't those branches ultimately get added to a big tree that looks like a PFF logo? That just has that. What's that guy's name? The Scottish guy. For uh, them. Oh, Sam Monson. That just
1: has Sam Monson's face on it. That's the logo.
2: Jason and Slippery Rock. Where is he on the PM team fan rankings? If Jeff's number two, is he number one right He's now? He's in the top five. Uh, 1980s, we talked about stuffing for dinner on random days of the year that aren't Thanksgiving. Stouffer's ad campaign, tonight for dinner, have stuffing instead of potatoes. <laughs> They've already tried it. And it failed. <laughs> it failed miserably. That's a tough sell for people. Hey, tonight, just have a bunch of bread. Did you know that about Zeiss, that he no, loves no the idea.
1: Thanksgiving meal so much no that he idea. gets it like at least once a week at
2: Bob Evans? I had no idea that Zeiss was wired that way. And I, for some reason it just seems wrong like I just wouldn't think that that's the random thing Paul you know what it feels like Is it's it, old fashioned it's what's well, a timing. tether it's a tether to childhood which he even said in that clip it's like it started when he was little. It feels to me like that's Paul going back to the the old days when everything was was you know good and innocent and there was not a care in Paul's world. That's how I come about uh, or come at that.
1: my only Bob Evans experience the syrup thing somebody hadn't screwed it on tight enough so when I went Dump. to dip it the whole thing went out everywhere on the table and the waitress came and was like can I trust you with another one? Oh and I'm man. like listen lady all How old I did you? was I was like in my early 20s. I'm like all I did was turn it like you do with every syrup dispenser Was she
2: saying it in a was she a younger waitress saying it in a flirty like haha way? No, she she she
1: was uh, grizzled. Oh really? So there, she was pissed. There she was there was no, like, can I? you sure I can trust you with another one? No, but, it was, she, she, there was some hard living there, you could tell. And uh, Mark on the Fan is brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram and Peters, celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. Newly extended Pirates pitcher, Mitch Keller, gonna hop on with us in a minute or two. A couple things that came out of his press conference. I saw our good friend Hannah Mears, who is now the Pirates Sideline reporter, she's doing some Big J journalism down there in Bradenton. She uh, uncovered this fact. First thing Mitch Keller did when he got his new contract was order a meatza pizza from Domino's.
2: She hit hit that with the one of us too, that he's one of us, one of us, not me. I don't eat pizza. No, you don't. Malzi. Mitch, Andrew Filippona here. My uh, co-host doesn't eat pizza. Is he a complete freak show? Yes, he is. The meatza pizza, pizza. Isn't the isn't sort of the um the unspoken thing among pizza heads that among the fast food pizza business, I'll call it like. So you're not like mom and pop chains that Domino's is clearly pizza. Yeah. Among big pizza. <laughs> isn't Domino's considered the clearly superior option? Like I'm, I'm not talking about like local places. I'm talking about your Pizza Hut, Domino's, Papa John's, Little Little Caesars, Caesar's. the big four, the Mount Rushmores. Aren't they considered like obviously the best?
1: I I know I would rank it this way: Domino's one, Little Caesars two, Uh Papa John's three. Oh, see, I've heard Papa John's a distant fourth for many people.
5: I can't remember the last time I had Papa John's. I like that
1: garlic oil they give you to dip the uh, crust in and stuff.
2: My buddies lived in, that, on North Craig Street in Oakland. I don't. There's a place called Antunes right down the street from them. They would just call and say like, "Hey, we'd like a large, like a large cheese or whatever," and they'd say ten minutes. My buddy would leave his house, walk out, ninety seconds later, be in the place. They'd have stacks of them ready to go. And I always never understood, why would you tell people 10 minutes when you clearly are just pre-making these things in a college-heavy area and just slinging them off ready to go? Like they're under some sort of heater. Why wouldn't you just say, like, come over? We've got, like, 20 cheese pizzas done right now.
5: That's kind of like the uh, Little Caesars method.
1: Yeah, hot hot ready. ready.
5: Yeah.
2: Exactly. The Pirates
1: will play tomorrow, and I don't know if they'll have this problem solved by then, but all the teams have see-through pants this year. There's an update to The white see-through pants.
2: There's an update to all this, apparently. Okay. So it's been, you know, it has created big concerns among players. What if somebody accidentally were to go commando for a game? There's not going to be anything left to the imagination. Apparently somebody went back and there was a thought that the pants are made of the same material. So the uniform manufacturer said nothing has changed about the way the pants are made. And they said it's got to be the studio lights being used to shoot these professional team shots, right? So sure enough, apparently somebody went back and looked at, like, last year, and the same thing was happening. You could see the whites of the jersey tucked in under the pants. Here's why it became newsworthy this year. Everyone was focused on this because everyone hates those Fanatics jerseys that look like rinky-dink, like, ripoffs that are the actual MLB Authentics. So no one paid attention to picture day last year in Major League Baseball. So but had they this done game
1: so, that we have on right now, Same pants they between the Dodgers and Padres. Yes.
2: Same
1: see, pants. I can see the outline of the guy's dip in his back pocket. But you can always see the dip outline. Dip. D-I-P. Well, you can almost see Freddie Freeman's balls right now, Chris. Watch. Oh, yeah. Well, hold on. Let me zero in here and make sure I can well, those see. Those are the Fred- white pants. I'm telling you. In what way are you saying I can almost see Freddie Freeman's... Uh, uh, when they do a shot that's not just his upper body look, you'll see it.
2: <laughs> see, see, son,
1: there it is. Are, so these are Fanatics uniforms? They've got Nike logos on them.
2: Fanatics helps make them, though, right? It's a Nike Fanatics joint. What? Yeah, it's Nike and Fanatics. I'm well, then why is
1: that there a Fanatics logo on there?
2: There might be, like, on the back. But no, everyone has said that this is the studio lighting... Is what's off, and it's it's just getting a ton of attention because everyone, inclu- mainly the players, are fuming about the jerseys themselves. Have you seen some of these jerseys? The curved name and how weird it looks. I actually have not. Donnie, do you know what Chris it's, is talking it's about? It's not great. Man. It looks rinky dink. Yeah, looks minor do. league. It really does. Like dude.
1: the
5: names on the back don't look good. They look like very small. Well, and I the jerseys that are
1: many... being
2: worn in this game right now, they have that problem, or is it like? Look, see how the names are are in an arc. Like, even Wade, that four-letter name right there, usually it would just be a nameplate straight across. Right? Okay. I like, guess
1: I get what you're people saying. People
2: just do not like these uniforms, and that's why the pants, which are apparently the same as they've always been, are getting so much attention.
1: Because there's already negativity attached to this uniform.
2: Right, and it's just getting hyper-focused. And then they're like, wait a minute, are they also making see-through pants? Are Is we... baseball going to be an NC-17 NC- sport
1: this year? We can ask Mitch Keller. Imagine if that was actually... Like TVMA comes like up in the corner. Like Rob Manfred's quarter. big way to boost the audience. The see-through pants. era of
5: baseball. Yeah.
2: Barely, barely concealed full frontal
1: nudity. If you like pace of play, wait till you get a load of our players' dongs.
2: <laughs> like I was wondering what <laughs> word you were gonna go with there. For some reason, I thought scrotum was coming out there. Like all
1: these ad campaigns, like uh, chicks dig the long ball, all these things they've come up with.
2: Chicks dig our see-through <laughs> pants.
1: <laughs> yep. Come check out our schlongs, baseball twenty twenty-four. <laughs> um. Oh mercy. We're also getting to the point now in football where name players are getting cut. The salary cap went up today to $255 million. It's a huge increase. The biggest ever. Xavier Howard just got released by the Dolphins. He's a corner. People know that name. Four-time Pro Bowler. Kabali's going to jump on at 415. Uh, I'm a little bit spooked by Patrick Peterson, and I think Howard's younger. He's thirty. He's going to be more expensive. He'll
2: be thirty-one when the season starts.
1: Yeah, and how old was Hayden when he got here?
2: Like twenty-eight, maybe. Donnie, want
1: to double-check that for me?
2: See if Malsey was right here. Joe Hayden, dude, nailed it. Nice Age job. twenty-eight, season first. In yeah, Pittsburgh. I
1: just get worried about guys like D- Darrell Revis and even Richard
2: Sherman, who once they got into their early thirties, fell off a cliff. I mean, Joe Hayden retired after he his thirty-two year season. So his last his last really good year was when he was thirty years old. And they've already spent more money on defense than anybody in the league. I'd, I'd rather see them draft a corner. It's a deep draft at that position. Like if they you know I've said I've pounded the table already for like a Marius Mims, right? If the they Georgia draft a tackle. Yeah, if they draft, though, a corner in the first round who's actually mocked to be like legit first round talent, I'm not gonna be mad. The Porter thing actually has given me a little faith that as long as they take like a ready-made guy who doesn't have a bunch of projectability problems or like concerns, I- I'm good with that. Take a ready-made guy that's an obvious first-round pick. I don't think they'd screw it up. Yeah, what I don't want at corner if they're going to
1: draft one early is someone that's looked at as a project like Artie Burns. I still don't trust them that's to I mold mean. the clay. And that was a player played pick. a lot in college, didn't have interceptions, but you knew he
2: could cover... And what was the big knock on him? He's too handsy. handsy. Okay, and, th- and if you ask anybody that actually watches NFL film, they'll say any good secondary coach coaches well, that out of It kind of the feels like even
1: Porter this year was just daring officials to call him for holding or pass interference on every play, and they don't.
2: I think it's the old Tom Glavin effect in baseball. If you consistently hit one in one or two inches off the outside corner of the plate and you show that you can do that every single time, then don't you just get away with it more often? That's what I would think. You get away with it a lot more if you are if you consistently do it. They just think, well, that's how that guy plays football. That's what he does. That's, his, that's how he's wired. Yeah, Howard at 50 years. We are joined right now
1: by the newly extended $77 million man, Mitch Keller, back with us here. He's down in Bradenton getting ready for the season. We'll have Pirates and Twins tomorrow, and he's nice enough to give us some time after his big uh, press conference today. Mitch Anger, Filippone, and Chris Muller back in Pittsburgh. First of all, congratulations on the new deal.
8: Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh before Thanks we, for having me on too. no
1: doubt, before we brought you on, just kind of to put a button on a topic, we were talking about the see through pants. Are they really that bad? Can people <laughs> see your junk? And,
8: um, <laughs>
1: and the nah, and stuff? Well
8: I hope people are wearing underwear so they don't see your junk, but um yeah, you can definitely see through them, that's for sure. So they're different,
2: because I, I tried to tell Andrew that I had seen a tweet saying, no, these are the same pants as last year. It's just this, the lighting when you guys are having these pictures taken. But it sounds like you're saying these are different pants now from last year,
8: too. Oh, yeah, they're different pants. Um, but, I mean, they're light and breathable, that's for sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> big big uh, big fodder in the clubhouse, the new pants? What's that? is it a talking point among you guys? Look at these things, look at us.
8: Yeah, I think... Um... I think just initially, um, you know, whenever you get something new or something changes, the same thing with, like, all the pitch clock and rules, it's like, the first time you put something on or something changes, everyone's talking about it for a week, but we'll get over it.
2: Yeah. Hey, Mitch, I'm wondering about something here now to to move on from wardrobe uh, and everything like that. Female audience numbers, by the way, spiking opening right. day. For yeah, the pirates. exactly. I can't wait for <laughs> Pirates and
1: Marlins a month from now.
2: Um. Just – you know, what went through your mind? We were we knew last year your potential contract extension was a big topic. People wondering if it was going to get done. It was, it was something that people focused on, frankly, because you were having a good year and the team w- was not after that first month. And so people were turning their attention to that. But what does it mean to you? Like, tell me what went through your mind. You had gone through some peaks and valleys, to be honest. And I know you had been pretty frank about that in your career to that point. What's it mean to have the team put this show of faith in you to be at this point now in your career when you have gone through some rough patches in the past?
8: Uh, Yeah, it just means the world. Um, Just to know that they have confidence in me and um, really see the growth that I've had. and just I can't thank anybody enough. Uh, Thank everybody enough on the staff and um, everyone that's just been here um, instilling confidence in me and and sticking with me through the rough times. just makes this moment even that much greater um, for me, and my family, and, and the organization, too. I mean, it's all I've ever known. So uh, I'm just super happy to um, be here and, and bring a winning team back to Pittsburgh.
1: Uh, Mitch, when it became a done deal, when you finally put pen to paper, first person you shared the
8: news with and why?
3: jeez, um, I called, who
8: did I, who did I call? Oh, I called my parents first. Called my parents. Well, I texted them when it was all going down. I was like, hey, um, getting really close. I think it's going to get done tonight. And so, yeah, once it got done, I called them right away. And we probably FaceTimed for 30 minutes to an hour. And then um, then I FaceTimed my brother. Um, and then after that, it was just kind of calling my friends and, and coaches and stuff who had been along the way with me and really helped me get to this point.
1: Is the brother the John Keller on Twitter who people have liked his tweets and stuff over the last 24 hours? Yeah, that's hours. my brother. That's your brother. No, I
8: gotta. Yeah, that's my brother. I gotta tell him to hush up. Sometimes. Oh no,
2: no, <laughs> don't, don't uh, Mitch, don't do that. He was throwing down more dunks than prime Michael Jordan. He's got. We loved he's it. He's got
8: no problem popping off. And he. <laughs> I li- guess it's better if he does it than I do. You know. He,
2: he likes the
1: one, and this is again a testament to your ability to battle through adversity. I think he tweeted out that remember that graphic that said you were worst at everything? He brought that back yesterday. Like, how do you like my brother
8: now? That was the night that we found out and I called him and he texted me. He's like, You care if I post this? (laughs) I was like, nah, I don't care. Do whatever you want. (laughs) Wait,
2: is he older brother or younger brother?
8: Older. I'm surprised older brother
2: I'm surprised an older brother even asks for permission there. My older brother in that spot would just be like, Hey, by the way, I posted
8: this. Um how long he 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 played, so he, he kind of knows. the. <laughs> he always checks in before. He's like, uh, he has some feel there.
2: Um, how, what would, tell us, like, just, you know, you don't have to give us the gory details, although if you do, I mean, I'll be happy to hear them. But how long was this process? Because I'm sure it's stressful. You think something might happen. You don't know. It's your future. Like, can you take us through the process from the time maybe the team opened up, like, something resembling serious talks to, to getting it across the finish line and, and just... What was going through your mind during however long that was?
8: Uh, yeah, I mean, it definitely started probably, I mean, last year we were talking through spring and then even into the season. But, um, yeah, really this year I think we just, you know, we went through arbitration process. So there's conversations with the front office there and um, just naturally going back and forth on that stuff. And then I think it just kind of picked up um, as we were going along. Yeah. Um, I think there was conversations of interest on both sides leading up to this past week. Um, But I mean, it just kind of really took off here the last few days and um, yeah, I mean, nothing really much to it. It was just a lot of hard work on my agent's part and a lot of hard work for the Pirates front office too, to get this done. And, I couldn't be more excited about it.
2: And those are usually like, you say it was happening during arbitration. There were some talks, and usually, I mean, always basically, the arbitration process by its very nature is supposed to be kind of a beat up thing. We hear guys talk about how that's like a tough part of being a pro, I think on both ends to some degree. So it almost strikes me as pretty unusual that you guys are having these very substantive and obviously productive conversations as like almost a sidebar to what you're actually doing at that point.
8: Yeah, and that's just like a testament to, you know, my agency and then Pirates front office, uh, Brian Stroh handles a lot of that um, contract negotiation stuff. It's um, I don't think anybody likes to get into those matches, like back and forth matches that you hear about on arguing. I think everyone kind of knows where your general area is. It's I think those arguments come when one side's getting too greedy and can't come to an agreement. Uh, But, yeah, at least on my end, I didn't I didn't hear of any of those, which is probably a good thing if there was any. But, um, yeah, I think they just kind of those conversations on extension start and really after that process, and they go from there.
1: Mitch Keller, our guest, talking about his new deal and keeping himself in Pittsburgh for another five years. Uh, another serious question along those lines, the decision to give up some of those free agent years, Mitch, uh, how difficult of a de- decision was that for you?
8: Um, I mean, honestly, it wasn't too difficult. Um, and and the whole process through this was we were going to take a fair deal, and you know we didn't want to give up too much during the front, uh, the free agency years, um, because that is a, that's a very important time in a person's career. Like you're always fighting to get there, so I think just um, you know, really keeping that in the back of our mind, and really when it came down to it, it was you know it gives financial security, um, and comfortable. I love Pittsburgh. I love the fans. I just love the like the organization. You know, I love love everything about it, and um, love everything that we're doing. You know, the the team that we have coming up, and I really think we have a really good window here coming up at this future, even this year and you know, the next years after that. So, I mean, that all played a role in it.
2: How much do you and Paul Skeens talk about being big one-two punch? Like, is that already something entering into your mind and that you're thinking actively about? Because people here, obviously, you know, he's the number one overall pick, are, are ready to see him whenever he comes up. How much do you guys discuss being the anchors of that rotation for the next several years with each other, I mean?
8: Yeah, I mean, we like our paths have crossed um, quite a bit through the spring already, but I'm just excited for the game. So, I mean, but uh, we haven't really had too many, like, conversations about that, but um, definitely, um, like, when he congratulated me on this, it was just like, um, more or less, just like hell yeah, congrats. But like, let's we're gonna win together. And yeah, it's just really cool to hear um, that he's already in that mindset. And um, I think he's he's a lot different than a normal minor leaguer or a new draft pick or someone that goes to the minor leagues. Like my man, he's mm. he wants to win. He plays hard, and he's that's all he cares about. I it. like hearing that. Just just competing. Yeah. So I mean, we got a really good, <laughs> really good. Just person, too, but a really good competitor. And I think that's what it takes, is just being a really good competitor and not wanting to lose. And all you think about is winning, and that's him. So
1: I think a lot of guys would get $77 million, and it's like, I'm going to buy my my mom and dad a new house. I'm going to buy a brand-new sports car. Is it true that you bought a pizza pizza from Domino's?
8: (laughs) Yeah, it is true. Uh, Last night, yeah, (laughs) I was driving home from, I mean, doing the physicals and doing an MRI for, you know – the physical process, and I called my wife. I was like, "What are you like? What are you thinking for dinner?" Like, I mean, this was like five thirty. I don't know. It was like six fifteen. So I was kind of just long day yesterday, with everything. And she's like, "I don't really feel like making anything." She's like, "What do you want to order?" I was like, uh, I could do pizza, and that's kind of been our thing—is Domino. So yeah, that's what we got. It was delicious."
1: What would you? I was gonna say, <laughs> what's on the pizza?
2: Everything?
8: Um. Yeah, I think it's just pepperoni, sausage, ham. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, all the meat. You yourself? Are you
2: treating yourself to a little extra for as a contract sign, as an extension signing gift than you normally? Eat? Like, you know what? I just signed this deal. One extra piece isn't going to kill me tonight.
8: Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Definitely.
1: here's one here's one for you, Mitch. If the Pirates aren't in the World Series, would you rather go to as a fan game 7 of the 2024 World Series or the National Championship in Women's College Basketball and Iowa and Caitlin Clark are playing oh. in the game.
8: As a fan? Yes. Man, I think I'd want to go see Caitlin Clark, honestly. No, and the women's basketball team. If especially if they're playing LSU, that'd be a good matchup. Rematch from last year. Now, have you been to any of drama. those games? Because I know you're a big uh, Iowa yeah, guy. We, yeah, we went to, well, it's 30 minutes away, but we went to... Um, I went to one this year. We were supposed to go to another one, but I got caught in like a, a blizzard, so we turned around. <laughs> oh, we decided our lives weren't, that our lives are more important than watching <laughs> basketball. But um, but no, it, it's, she's incredible, and I love watching her. Tough game last night, but I mean, as any competitor knows, you go through a bad stretch here or there. Did and, you play in
2: uh, high school, Mitch?
8: I played up until sophomore year, and then I, like, I love basketball, but I just, didn't love it enough to keep playing, and I wanted to focus on baseball. So
2: she's awesome. I, it, I just Pony and I both played, obviously, just in high school. We're nothing special. Clearly, that's why we're part of the reason why we're sitting here talking about sports. But like, I just laugh because she shoots the shots that would get you benched if you were anybody else, and that's like her regular diet of shooting. It's just like yeah, oh, that's her. That's her shot. Thirty like, feet, any thirty-five feet. Shot. Sure, two steps inside of half court. Sure, I'm pulling. I just. I would have been, like, scared you know what of even attempting yeah. a shot like that.
8: Yeah, and that's just a testament to the coaching staff there, too. It's just, like, they give her the freedom to play and uh, be who she is. I mean, anytime, like, usually if someone shot some of the shots, she'd be like, oh, that's a bad shot, and you'd be upset about it, but... When she shoots them, everything's a good shot because there's pretty damn good chance it's going to go in.
2: Who's, who's the best guy in the uh, organization? You guys are playing, like, table tennis in those games in the clubhouse. Who's the Ooh. guy nobody wants a part of in those games because they're just going to roll everyone?
8: Oh, man. Damn, that's a good question. Oh, man.
2: And do you want to plant your flag I'm, as a real badass in any of those particular games?
8: No, I'm... I mean, I'm I'm holding my own, but I'm not I'm not taking the championship on all of those, especially ping pong. Key Brian got us a ping pong table in the clubhouse a few years or when he signed his. Now extension, I wonder if so. they're going
1: to expect you to get something with your extension. No, that's
8: what I'm that's what I'm saying. I'm, I don't know. There's not that many things to get anymore.
1: Uh, <laughs> four hours ago, the Pirates tweeted out the big dog is here to stay, and it was a picture of you. Do people actually call you Big Dog?
8: No. No, nobody called me that.
2: <laughs> I saw that. That was weird. The big dog. Yeah, I looked on I'm on your baseball reference I didn't know page. To call no nickname big given. dog yeah. 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 Do you want to Again, would you like to suggest we have a large audience with us right now. Would you like to suggest a nickname that they could call you?
8: <laughs> Man, I don't know. Not big dog. That's not my nickname. <laughs> um right. Hey I don't know. <laughs> hey, Mitch.
1: Last one before we, we last one before we let you run. Uh, is, has Bednar gotten you anything as a congratulatory? Uh, congrats, no,
8: the, he no. he's just giving me a big big smile that he carries around. But I'm gonna let him know that he needs to get me something. <laughs> All
2: right. Hey, Mitch.
8: Come, and then he's gonna turn around and say, "I need to give him something."
2: Yes,
1: exactly.
8: Well, That's how it works.
1: <laughs> Good to talk to you, Mitch. Congratulations yeah, on the extension. And uh, we'll be in touch when you get back to Pittsburgh. Okay.
8: Absolutely, thank you, guys. There
2: you go, Mitch Keller. Uh, you know, one of the things we talk about as people that talk about sports all the time is when a player is younger. Like you see growth, like off and on the field. And man, I, he sounds like a completely different dude. Yes, than he, he did does. Several years ago, in terms of like dealing with people like us, the comfort, the the having fun with it. You're bringing up see-through pants and junk, and he's just he's laughing it. right. He's laughing right along. He, he admitted it. He, he thinks the junk's going to be out there. He debunked the idea that it's the same pants and it's studio lighting. He just—he sounds like a different guy. Are who's they going to have to put ready up to lead that staff
1: like a warning? Disc- like before they can air you the imagine game on
2: Pittsburgh Sports Sportsnet tomorrow? Can you imagine like highlights? And they are they're, the they're showing him in the in the windup, and there's the black box <laughs> hanging down the censors <laughs> box.
1: Fan Hotlines presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing and HVAC provider for over 50 years. This music means it's time to talk to Steelers insider Mark Kabali, and we have breaking news. The Steelers have just announced they released Mason Cole. This saves almost $5 million against the salary cap. This was the last year on his contract. Mark, your reaction to this news?
3: I'm kind of
6: surprised at the timing of it all. I mean, with the new salary cap number out, it's not like they were pressed for money anytime soon here. And the issue now is you're moving forward without any center on the roster. I mean, you have Herbig, but he, how much has he really played center? I mean, I guess you could think James Daniel could flip over there, but he hasn't played center in years. And um, if you wait until free agency... Uh, who knows what's going to happen there? But then if any of you wait to the draft, you might not get the guy what you want. So they must have a plan somehow. I would assume it would be free agency, but the, the timing of it's a little bit surprising. Do
2: you think it's a potential free agency, a guy that can be a stopgap, and then they're going to draft one? And the only reason they get the stopgap guys to make it not obvious that they're going to draft a center? Like I, I just I feel like they could double up here, Mark.
6: Well, they better. I tell you one thing: they better be sure of somebody. That they're going to be able to get in free agency because you don't want to go into the season or going into the draft wanting and needing a center to plug and play and who knows how this draft all of a sudden breaks and all of a sudden you're sitting there with no centers you know on your roster at least true centers so I would imagine that free agent they're pretty sure of somebody they're going after in free agency to be that guy I wouldn't say that. Um, getting a free agent center would just totally take a center off the board in the draft. That's what I mean but like they might very, just yeah, get a guy who's versatile. Yeah. Very very um Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky like, you know? You didn't have a quarterback so you had to sign Mitch, then you pick Kenny, and you're like, "Wow, I probably wouldn't have gave Mitch that contract if I knew that Kenny was going to be there and I was going to draft him." You basically have to cover your rear end here.
1: Why hasn't Allen Robinson or Patrick Peterson gotten cut yet, Mark?
6: I don't think Patrick Peterson's going to. Okay. Um, I, I really don't. I mean, the versatility of the guy. Plus, he, okay, he's taking a step back, I mean, with his speed. But they might have a different plan for him. So I don't know. I mean, it could go either way, but I don't think they'd get rid of him. Alan Robinson, maybe they want him back, but they just want him back at a lower price and – they're just playing the negotiation game there. I'm not 100% sure, but I can guarantee that Allen Robinson won't be back at the cap number he's at right now. But I would think that Peterson would be.
2: Where do you think this team will be with all this extra uh, salary cap money now, this big record jump of $30 million, Mark, where do you yeah. think they would be most comfortable actually augmenting this roster in free agency and spending uh, some real money?
6: Yeah. there's a tough thing about that is it's, is when the salary cap goes up, so is the price tag on everybody, right? So uh, I don't know if the high-end guys are all of a sudden wanting more money because they know there's an extra $17 million in the old kitty right now. So if that's the case, though, I mean, they, they can make money. They can pretty much go out and get a big free agency if they want, once again, I think they should. Do you should think
1: hit, they will? I mean, do you think like a Chris Jones will, or somebody yeah. like that, nah,
6: Mark? That might be too high end, right there. Um, Would you maybe, rule that out? I'm not rolling anything out with with what we saw with Omar Khan did last year. I mean, he can do anything at this point, especially if he has uh, some bucks in his pocket right now, and looks like he could pretty much, you know, create or manipulate the salary cap to be able to go out and get anybody i don't know about the chris jones but i would go defensive line route um i mean christian wilkins is a guy that has a was still 28 uh, he would fit in nicely here and i think dj reader and cincinnati i mean a little pricey but still a guy that's coming off an injury and maybe he won't be as pricey as would he have been a couple of years ago that's the type of player i would go after
2: so can we also say, since you're not ruling anything out, that now that the cap has gone up, the Justin Fields' fifth-year option price becomes much more palatable and we shouldn't rule out a Justin Fields trade?
6: <laughs> uh, I think I'm safe to rule that one out. How least... do you do this to us?
2: We're having a fun Friday here. All we're asking is that you don't crush our, our very minuscule dreams, and yet here you are yeah, delivering a leg drop be on them. Yeah, said only mildly surprised,
1: Mark. He went mildly surprised at a Justin Fields trade.
6: To me, I just would – I still think it's too much risk just for the fact that I'd rather go supplement your your roster in other ways right now than commit a couple draft picks and $27 million or so to Justin Fields right now. And even if – did you see that projected contract he might get after next year? It was close to $50 million bucks a year. That's kind of out, of out of crazy type of money right there for a guy that hasn't really produced a ton right now. I just think they could use that money smartly somewhere else. And if Kenny Fells and if whoever else they bring in Fells, the Rudolphs, the Tannehills, then you can address it full board year. that's what I would do. Do you
1: think that Deontay Johnson is a lock to be back on the team?
6: I do. Yeah? Uh, I do. I mean, you're looking at a – wide receiver to a position that's not very deep. I mean, you got two solid guys and a couple questionable guys, and the last thing you want to do is um, say, hey, Kenny, go out there and produce, but we're taking one of your best weapons away from you in Deontay Johnson, and we'll replace him with. A rookie or or whoever. a well, no weapon who'd so, rather uh, play
1: with Mason. And DeFabo was yeah. on with Starkey today saying that he thinks most of those guys would prefer to play with Mason than Kenny. Uh, I, I
6: mean, right now, yes. But what happens when uh, Kenny plays like he did in preseason last what year? What happens and all- if
2: Mason looks better than him the entire training camp? Yeah, what if camp? he has a 2022 well, training camp again, Mark,
1: when you were singing his praises up and down?
6: Yeah. Yo. Oh, well, mate, I, that's what I'm saying here. I mean, you have to take that with a green salt. in my opinion, with those receivers say they're looking out for their number one. Whoever throws throws, throws them the ball and gets them the more, most touches and the most touchdowns are the ones sure, they're but, going to back. Sure,
2: but it also happens that what they want is good for the team, scoring points, getting yards, getting touchdowns.
6: Yeah, I'm, still, I'm still not 100% out on Kenny Pickett, just for the fact that, I mean, last year at this time, we were viewing him as, the savior of this organization, and yes, just, we because, were.
2: Well, just because. Well, hold on. You can you can lump Pony in there. I was cautiously, cautiously optimistic. I am not I going mean, to remember, say I thought he was the savior of the franchise.
6: I, I I remember I was looking back at some stories I wrote this time last year after the combine and after the uh, owners meeting, and it's like everybody calling calling everybody was like, "We got our quarterback. We got the the next star on our team here," and he proved everything throughout training camp. I mean, he had an awful camp. I mean, they had an awful season. And hey, they brought in a, a new quarterback coach. And maybe this quarterback coach does help him out and you know, of the things have plagued him his first couple of years and his couple of years at, the, at Pitt and that's, you know, staying in the pocket and uh stuff to that, you know, I mean, they identified that last year, but they weren't able to Yep. fix it maybe this guy will be able to fix it so i mean i'm taking my i just honestly i say this a hundred times how well he played last year in the off season in the preseason i can't get that out of my mind that all of a sudden he turned into a total bum.
1: all right mark we'll talk again next week thank you all right guys see ya, mark Kabali. follow us on twitter brought to you by south hills kia and peters township all right Malsey. donnie You can come clean and in great detail. Brought to you by WetGo Go Unlimited. Visit GetGoCafe.com slash unlimited for more details. It is time for the Donnie Football debrief. Take it away, big fella.
5: Big dog. The debrief, (laughs) February 23, 2024. All right, let's get into this Uh, with Mason Cole being cut. What should the Steelers' plan be? Free agency or Draft. Which ideal candidate, realistic candidate, should they have to be the middle of that offensive line? No more Mason Cole.
2: Ideal candidate? Ideal candidate is you get Powers Johnson from uh, Oregon, who seems like he's the consensus best guy available, who just apparently went down and mauled people at the Senior Bowl. Um, Where is he getting projected in these drafts? Is he first, seen round as a guy. first round Yeah, pick? he's seen as a first. seems like he's being seen by most So you have these. to take him with the 20th right. pick. I think Are you mo- okay with that? No, I think more realistic in the way you scratch both itches here is you take Frazier from West Virginia in the second round, and you take an offensive lineman like perhaps Amarius Mims in the first round. Oh, you're scouting tackles and centers at the Combine? There, I just did your first two picks for you. Uh, CBS Sports' latest mock draft has Jackson Powers Johnson
1: going with the 20th pick in the draft, but guess what? They don't have the Steelers taking him. I know why. They Pittsburgh moving up. To the ninth pick to take Michigan quarterback J.J. McCarthy.
2: Can I get a hell no in the chat? I do not
1: want that. Well, Chris, I got, I can. There's good news. You. I it ain't happening. Yes, I know. There's
2: 0.00000000000000000000. infinity Or's symbol zero. Of that happening. I know. I just wanted to register that were it to somehow happen, I would fume. I think that guy's going to stink in the pros. Well, Jim Harbaugh disagrees with you. I am aware of that. Jim Harbaugh's a giant weirdo, and his quarterback now is Justin Herbert. But you also
1: think he's going to win a Super Bowl with him? Because I think
2: he's a—I didn't say he wasn't a good coach. They asked him to do nothing. I think there are—you know where I stand on Pickett, where I ultimately think it's just not going to happen for him. There are two quarterbacks in this year's draft that I think are very much like that, that I feel right. strongly about, Nick's and McCarthy. I'm
1: going to flip it on Donnie, and here's the, here's the condition. Here's the hypothetical. You can't pick Zach Frazier in the second round. He's gone by the time you're on the clock, and you know that in advance. So you know you can't take him in the second round. Do you take a center with the 20th pick, or do you say we don't need to take a center in the first two rounds, we'll fill that hole somewhere else? Or So... so-
5: we're going into this like you're going into the draft knowing you won't have frazier available in the second round i'm taking powers johnson at 20 yeah okay i I wouldn't be mad in fact i would be happy if they did that anyway and i think frazier is going to be a solid player i think powers johnson is perennial all pro
1: is he getting copped to like Pouncy? like what are the what are the players he's compared to Oregon center Jackson Powers center. Johnson,
2: quote, can anchor your offensive line for the next decade. Um, Is he looked at as a better prospect than Linderbaum?
5: I actually think he is.
2: Uh, Daniel Jeremiah quoted in an Oregon Live story, so granted that publication is going to be very pro-Jackson Powers Johnson. Quote, it's hard to find guys that big that can move like that. He's 334, you can't get through him. He just kind of catches guys and absorbs them in pass pro. He's quick to the second level, really good on combo blocks. Got some nasty to him. He's a bulldog. Some nasty. We like that. He's got some snap and some pop in his hands. Having a great week till he got nicked up a little at the Senior Bowl. I think he'll find his way bottom first round. Too clean of a player, and it's somebody that can anchor your line for the next decade. That's pretty good. The thing with Linderbaum was an undersized player who was just such a mauler because of his wrestling background that he was super athletic in space. You're telling me a guy who's like 40 pounds heavier is also that athletic? That sounds like a damn good prospect. Yeah,
5: I don't I don't really care if Frazier is guaranteed to be available in the second round, it, and it's nothing against him. Again, I think he can be absolutely a, a solid player, a starter for a while. Th- this guy will be an all-pro. Like, I always, like, go crazy over a guy, especially a lineman. I'll, I'll guarantee that this guy is a multi-time all-pro in his NFL career. Well,
2: if you guarantee that, then I should say I'll, I'll move off my Amarius Mims prediction. And just even though Mims is being comped as more athletic even than Broderick Jones, a pure right tackle who's even better as a projectable guy than Jones, who you know I loved, uh, and I'm thrilled they drafted, then I'll take Powers Johnson. Like if, if he's that good and Mims is there and they take him instead... I'm not gonna be that mad.
1: All right, I'm gonna. In fact, Donnie I'm not one, even gonna be mad. I, I'm fascinated because Donnie's obviously done a lot of already research on this, and I've done a lot less. For some reason, Fashanu from Penn State is available at twenty, and so is Powers Johnson, the big Penn State offensive tackle. Who would you take in that situation?
5: I'd go the tackle there. That's a pretty big slide, even though the guy's
2: a multi-time All-Pro. Well, as Fashanu, then he plugs. As much as I love Jones at right tackle. Or as a left tackle, Fashanu was supposed to be a top five pick. But if you think the if Donnie thinks this guy is Jason Kelsey or Marquise Pouncey, then you take him. Well, inherently though, what you're saying is you think Fashanu is going to be a a multi-time All-Pro too, because tackle is more valuable.
5: Yeah, I mean, but he's
2: not even the top tackle, is he? Isn't Joe Walt? Yeah, but Fashanu was going to be a top ten pick last year and is still probably going to be a top ten pick this year. It's not like he had a bad year. I know,
1: but the way that Donnie's making it sound, it's maybe like, let's say there's a fifty percent chance that. The offensive tackle from Penn State is a great player. He's saying that the center is a hundred percent. In that
2: situation, I take the center. Who would you take? Okay, so you're taking. Are you going I, with Donnie's reco? I don't.
1: I don't know that. I like. I've seen Here's the, the cut-ups on the guy. He looks like a badass. He does look like he's a total stud but I'm not here's the problem I'm not so deep in the draft prep yet where I'm married to any of these thoughts or opinions here's the problem did we really hear about Linderbaum
2: a ton until maybe that last season people said he's really good yeah we did hear a lot about him that and, last year and occasionally pouncy. but a lot of these guys you'll get a pouncy or a Linderbaum but a lot of centers I think like interior guys their names don't pop that much until you actually get to draft time because that's when people start frankly paying attention to the interior of the offensive line. It's why tackles are the ones who get mentioned by far the most during the actual season. Mason Cole
1: getting released uh, makes me think about their 2022 free agent crop. Listen to this list. Mitch Trubisky, Miles Jack, James Daniels, Gunnar Olszewski, Levi Wallace, Mason Cole, Miles Killebrew.
2: I'm sorry. I fell asleep in the middle two good moves I know and wait do we
1: count D- well I'm, I guess I would count Daniels as good he's solid I don't think Daniels a Little is overpaid a bad, though I don't think but he's they a could a have had player. Kevin Dotson at a lot less money and probably could have done a better but job that's almost played it right
2: I was spot. gonna say that's more of a different conversation they screwed up you know how they handled Dotson is the problem there Kabali by the way just sent out um, maybe they're gonna have to handle it with free agency and the draft Allah Mitch and Kenny Why did he have to bring that up? That's been an unmitigated disaster. That would be like saying that they would actually sign a great free agent, then draft Powers Johnson. Somehow they'd yank the free agent, they'd put Powers Johnson in a weird spot, and he wouldn't perform well. Why bring up...
0: Yeah.
1: Fun, 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 fun.
0: All right.
1: So the news of Mason Cole getting released, plus the salary cap going up. The Steelers now have more than $10 million to work with before the restructures and things of that nature start. I pulled up the list of teams with the most cap space. The Bengals have $73 million in cap space. Even after the Joe Burrow deal, Tyler Boyd is a free agent and they're going to have to figure out what they're going to do with T. Higgins. That might mean a franchise tag. Mm-hmm. But I didn't expect to see that given the new deal for Burrow. The Chiefs have more cap space than the Steelers right now. Huh. How is that humanly possible? I guess their capologists are better. We have a GM who's a capologist by trade. And we have a quarterback on a rookie deal. We're not
2: paying making a ton of money. TJ Watt making a ton of money. Cam Hayward having a huge number against the cap. Allen Robinson, lest I, lest you forget, currently counts $11.9 million.
1: The Ravens have more cap space than the Steelers. And Lamar Jackson got a massive deal before the season started. They got, I'm pretty sure in cap space. I'm
2: pretty sure with the way the Browns did Watson's deal, even though it's fully guaranteed, they're about to free up a whole bunch of money too and have more than the Steelers. Fairly certain. Is there a big name pie in the sky? Omar
1: Khan works his magic. He does all kinds of gymnastics with the cap Mm -hmm. to free up money. And he goes out there and he makes a splash and he signs a guy to the biggest free agent deal in Steelers history, is there a player out there who you think would be worth that kind of contract? So like in a dream scenario for Mulsey, among the NFL free agents, who
2: would be that guy for you? Is there anyone? Probably Chris Jones, just because he's so good. I mean, that guy's a Hall of Famer. Disagree? And a stud in the playoffs. Do you agree that he's a future Hall of Famer?
1: Yeah, he's on a team that's won three Super Bowls now, teams that win championships, player. put more guys in. Yes, I would say, gun to my head, he gets he gets in the Hall of Fame. If it's Chris Jones or Cam Hayward for the Hall of Fame, who do you think gets in? Chris Jones. Donnie?
2: Jones or Hayward for the Hall of Fame? I don't think... Oh, are you still thinking about it, Donnie? Donnie was, had his headphones off. Chris Jones or Cam Hayward, if it was between those two for the Hall of Fame, who do you think gets in?
5: Jones has the Super Bowls, and hes I think he's close enough on the other accolades. What's the
2: all pro difference, Chris he's you got, have it? Chris Jones has three second team all pros and currently is on a streak of back to back first team all pros. He was also in 22, third in the defensive player of the year voting. Okay. Um, Chris Jones, 75 and a half sacks and 102 starts. All right, now give me Cam Hayward's uh, accolades and sacks. Here we go. Cam Hayward. So you Uh, said
1: two first-team All-Pros and three second teams?
2: Yes. Cam has a comeback player of the year to his credit. He does? Yeah. Well, comeback player of the year top five, I should say. Sorry. Uh, He was fourth after he came back from injury in 16 and came back in 17. I don't really
1: respect that award anymore because someone who died on the field was not given the comeback player of the year.
2: Uh, First-team All-Pro that year. He has three first-teams and one second-team, does Hayward. Uh, Hayward, of course, the unusual part is all the accolades have basically come in his very late 20s. Jones has been a pretty steady producer. Hayward in 159 starts. Jones had 102, remember? 80 and a half sacks. He's only got five more sacks than Jones in almost... How many
1: first team all pros did you say?
2: Three for Cam, two for Jones. Jones has three second team all pros. Cam has um, one second team. So actual nods to either of the two all-pro it's close. teams, it's
1: 5'4". And Jones is younger. I think he would get I think in he's, over Hayward. Well, I, think,
2: I think Jones has, he's 29. If we assume he's going to age like most defensive linemen, although I don't think you should because if you figure he's one of the elites, he should actually age slower and be better. Say he has five good seasons left, three at the current kind of play, and then two still really good ones, or maybe he's slightly down from his peak. He's gonna cruise into the Hall of Fame. So that's the guy that you would want. Yeah, in I think he's a perfect world. Well, here's the problem, though. As I say that, let and me. Then be... Here
1: goes another thirty-plus million-dollar no, no, player no, no. on the defensive Thank side. You. of Thank you. Okay.
2: Well, you you read my mind here. This is the problem I have. I'm co- I'm committing a huge amount of money in this hypothetical to yet another defensive piece. When, like, there's part of me that says, "Well, find a great offensive free agent," but as you look through, like, say a PFF uh, best free agents. Most of the guys that are up near the top are defensive players. Do I want Kirk Cousins? No, thanks. I don't. Do I want T Higgins? That'd be nice, but don't you already have George Pickens as your main guy in an offense where you have no idea if they can even get the wide receivers the ball enough? Reed is good. Yes. That's Michael Douglas in wall street. That would be
1: my answer. If I could get if a fairy godmother came down and said, Andrew, I'll grant you one Steelers' wish in free agency, the money's not an issue. We'll make it work. Omar will find a way to make the math work. Don't worry about you'd it. Go T. Higgins. I would go with T. Higgins because I would be robbing, I would be stealing from Cincinnati. Uh huh.
2: And, and you'd be doing something for your offense.
1: I'd have T. Higgins and George Pickens, and I wouldn't really care about Deontay Johnson.
2: Well, you'd be aggressively trying to trade him then, wouldn't you? Although, hey. Higgins and Pickens are but they're not similar guys. They're both downfield guys.
1: Yeah, but. I'd find a way to make it work with both. I think I could do that. And then if Johnson wanted to stay here for one more year as the third receiver and then walk in free agency, then that's fine too. Okay,
2: do you know why I have such a hard time answering this question, though? Because I, you could probably guess. I didn't want to say a defensive player, and you guessed why before I could even say it because they've already spent way too much on that side of the ball and not gotten nearly enough ROI. And the problem I have with T. Higgins, would you like to guess why I didn't say that? Well, I was looking at the same damn list you were. I'm not looking at PFF. I'm looking at CBS Sports. Fine. Would you like to guess why I didn't say TV? Well, you games? just
1: don't think in the Arthur Smith offense that there's room for more wide receivers? I don't think the receivers. current
2: quarterback that they are looking like they're going to start the season with, I don't think surrounding him with this elite, further elite cast of characters is necessarily going to work. I just don't. Yeah, but— to go back to what Bradshaw said yesterday. Oh, Bradshaw said surround it, him with the 1994 San Francisco 49ers
1: Okay, offense. but look at it this way. If you had Higgins, Johnson, and Pickens with their running backs, uh, with Fryer, Muth back, and an, an offensive coordinator who, say what you will about Smith and what we wanted them to do with that hire, is a big upgrade over what they had last year sure he's a viable if, actual offensive if pickett can't play and you say i just you know you don't think it would work well if they did bring back mason
2: rudolph and he had those three wide receivers oh, to well, throw to then where i mean you're telling me he couldn't put up numbers i mean i'd be more excited about the prospect of what rudolph could do with those guys quite honestly because he'd stand in the pocket and make throws yes yes you almost said that in, like, an accusatory tone, like, how you know, yeah, I know, he stands in no, the pocket. He actually but that's does. why I'm
1: saying regardless of who the quarterback is.
2: Yeah, if I put my personal hang-up about, like, not thinking Pickett can get it done even in a new, better offense and thinking whatever improvement's going to be marginal and, and not where they need him to go, if I put that aside, then yes, the answer should be Higgins because... It's just loading them up. All right, let's look
1: through some of these guys who are, in my opinion. Hold probably- on, I have a question. One, yes, One please. question.
2: This is a fairy godmother hypothetical you gave me. Yep. In that one, though, you wouldn't then give George Pickens a second deal, would you? Because you, they never have had two guys on major deals at one time. You'd be saying we're casting <laughs> well, on our a lot second, with T. Though. Higgins.
1: Probably not, but they're paying two edge rushers
2: right now. They're, is they're- that a great plan? They've tied up it's how not, much they tied up what 45. dollars. I didn't want I
1: didn't want them to give Highsmith that contract. So is it a great plan? End of the day, probably not. I mean there's part of me that wonders by the end of this upcoming season, am I gonna look at Nick Herbig and think he's good enough to be a starting outside linebacker in this league? And I think there's a decent chance I will think that. Like I'm happy that they have almost an embarrassment of riches at a position where they had very little depth at not too long ago. But I, for as productive and as good and as rock solid as Highsmith is, I think there's a good chance by the end of of uh, this season. I'm like, I wish they had spent that money on a offensive player a offensive lineman of that repute, you know like that's that's how I see that position right now um. There got to be examples of teams that have paid two wide receivers a lot of money.
2: Yeah, not that I'm not saying that the Steelers' way of doing this is, is the right way. It's just it would be wildly out of character for them. But I probably shouldn't have even said that because you are giving me a fairy godmother hypothetical here.
1: All right, so let me give you some guys, and you tell me these are like more realistic options. Tell me how you would feel if you found out this player was signing with the Steelers on the first day of free agency. Patrick Queen.
2: I just i I feel strongly that you would be overpaying for what you'd get there. Would not like it, Donnie. You know how I feel about inside linebackers and paying them a lot. You find out on March 11th,
1: Patrick Queen signed a four-year deal with the Steelers. What's your reaction to it?
5: Good player, but you do have a ton of money already tied up in that defense. And I I actually think they got pretty good play out of those guys last year before injury. And if you can just get some of those guys back, I'm trying to think of in my head what their status is. Hey, Alexander's
1: a free agent. Roberts has another year on his deal, and Holcomb is under contract, but when is he going to be ready to play?
5: I would I would try to, to honestly run it back with the guys they had. I, I know that we uh, we don't know about Holcomb, but Roberts and Alexander showed me plenty.
1: So would I, but I don't rule out the Steelers doing something like that.
5: Yeah, we, we, we said this, though, last year about Edmonds, if you remember, before they cut Terrell. Yep. And a, a lot of the dots got connected, like, oh, they're going to go after Tremaine Edmonds. He's going to be the big price inside linebacker. I just, I just,
1: uh, how do we know they didn't, and they didn't just get outbid by a Bears maybe. team that has way more money than them in free agency?
2: Maybe. Maybe. I just – I don't – the bottom line for me is at that position, I would rather continue to take – shots in the middle rounds of the draft on projectable players i what if I think, you found out
1: it was devin white
2: for I like think, eight or nine million dollars a year i'd still think that's an overpay that guy has a super bowl ring and he played great in the super bowl he was phenomenal in that one game he has not had an appreciably different no, career I agree. than devin I felt bush like
1: kind of came on though at the end of last year he's he a got better back player than world. devin bush but he
2: is absolutely not worth where they picked him
1: how would you feel if on day one of free agency the Steelers signed chase
2: young you know what has has been burned into my retinas and my brain with him. Somebody highlighted play like his Detroit, utter lack of effort. Trying. Yeah, just did not Looked give a rat's good ass. In the Super Bowl though. Yes, he did. But I'm this is and this We know is Tomlin like, loves him. Get off my lawn, Mulsey, saying I can't shake that image of him. I don't
1: know if he can play defensive end in their defense. Well, he's a pure 3 4-3 uh, edge guy. Well, then he can't play in their defense because you he've already got Highsmith and and TJ, but there were Steelers insiders that were Thinking that Young might have been might have gotten traded here last year, knowing that they had Highsmith and Watt. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would think that that's square peg, round hole. How would you feel if on day one of free agency the Steelers signed Jalen Johnson
2: to a deal, the corner who they
1: were interested in at the trade deadline last season?
2: I'd be all right with that. I'd be more all right with that just because it's a position of like great value in the modern NFL. Donnie.
5: Yeah, I I know that I just said that they already have a lot of money tied up in the defense, but they will probably pick that defensive backfield to rehaul a little bit, like they did with the inside linebackers last year. Like, we're set with Porter and Minka Fitzpatrick. I think otherwise we're going to see a a handful of new faces, and Johnson, I think, fills a pretty big void on the other side of the defense. You have him and Porter – mixed in there I feel a whole lot better than Porter and 30 plus year old Patrick Peterson on what the 10 million dollars
1: It's going to be like 20 million dollars a year for Johnson but he's young
5: what about Snead I know he could be like franchise tagged Well, but- so
1: could Johnson they both could well, be franchise other th- tagged the other thing is- and
5: Kansas City can't
1: franchise tag J- Jones because he put a clause in his yep. contract that like, he's going to be the number to over 30 yeah, mil
2: he's going to hit he's going to hit free agency unless they come up would you rather have sneed
1: or johnson i think i'd rather have sneed
2: would you rather have sneed or johnson or option three one of the corners in the first round from what is apparently a very deep class a good and deep class like there are ready-made players that aren't i think i'd rather have the
1: free agent even though it's a lot more expensive because i trust them especially if they're younger guys and not past their prime guys like peterson
2: you have that's to just make, my first I mean, gut I reaction I know, and it. that's what I asked you for. Man, you got to just make absolutely damn sure that you are getting a free agent who is a scheme fit for you and not like you're trying to convince yourself that he's a scheme fit in what you like to do. With a draft pick, I think you almost have a better sense of that.
1: How would you feel if they signed Justin Matabuke on day one of free he's, agency? He had
2: an awesome year this year. I mean, he was terrific. But again, you know what you're going back to? I know I just said I wouldn't mind a Jalen Johnson because corner is, I think, so valuable. But just how much money are we going to spend on this defense? Yep. How much? How many resources? See, this is the problem. When you have a plan in place that is predicated on, yes, we will be a veteran-tested, paid, well-compensated de- well p- defense. Are young quarterbacks going to be really good and make all this worthwhile? This is the problem you run into when that young quarterback doesn't deliver the goods. The best free agent center listed
1: here is Connor Williams, who used to play for the Cowboys and is, was in Miami this past year. And Spot Track projects him as a $13.5 million guy. They think he'll sign a deal five years, $68 million. Uh Does he have any, like, uh, does he have any all pros, Connor Williams? Dolphins? What's I'm his checking. PFF
2: grade? Oh, man, you're very demanding here.
1: You know, I have to take the PFF grade with a grain of salt because they thought Miles Garrett. Then was why'd you than ask T.J. for well, it? Well, I'll just take it, and if it's, it's a data point, if it fits, if it
2: fits your personal view of the player, then you're in good shape. Yes. No all pros, none of that. Uh, no Pro Bowls. Uh, P- Pro Football Reference thinks he's a solid football player. Uh, now, only nine games because he got hurt. Center from Miami, yep. oh boy, PFF—they love them some Connor Williams. Yeah, eighty-six point five grade this year. Now, how can you put
1: that in context? Like, what kind of grade did TJ Watt have? Like, are they saying that he was the TJ Watt of centers? Like, he was on that kind of... Elite no, I can
2: actually give you level. I can actually give you. Um, I can actually give you perfect context. TJ Watt's grade was ninety-one point nine. But you can do this by position, pony, and I am going to get you. Centers graded, okay? Mm-hmm. Just center grades. Here we go. Uh, he was the third highest graded offensive center. And among guys. As opposed
1: that, to the defensive center.
2: Yes. And among guys that actually played a lot of snaps, he's really second behind Ragnall from Detroit, who was very good. How many Steelers had a higher grade than him, period, this year?
1: Uh, just Connor Watt?
2: Williams? I would think just Watt. With that, without oh no, you know what? Highsmith had a higher grade, I think too. Highsmith was basically like almost the same graded player from PFF. Who would have been the Steelers'
1: third highest graded player this year?
2: Well, here's what I'm going to do: like Jalen Warren. Here's what I'm going to do, boys, because I like you both. Isaac Sayamalu? I have. Uh, hold on, Hayward. Even though he didn't play a ton of games. All right, I have their offense. How about Joey
1: Porter Jr., Donnie? Maybe. Maybe he was PFF's third highest-graded stealer.
2: Four or five highest-graded players are all defense. So Watt is number one. Highsmith, two. Highsmith is number two. Benton, three? No, I'm skipping the next guy because he played one game, and Blake Martinez graded out phenomenally on his snaps. Uh, We're really – no, now we're all the way down to you have to go to, like, Nick Herbig and Marcus Golden both graded in the low 80s in limited snaps. Backups. Um, we're talking starters, Benton, 76-9. Their highest graded offensive player all season. Jalen Warren, 78-5. Deontay, 77-9. Najee, 76 Where the hell's Sayamalu? Pickens, 74-1. Sayamalu, 73-9. Number six on the list. Number eight in your program. Number what in your heart now, Pony? Where is he now? Well, he, Second behind Justin, Justin Fields. Fields. For sure. Kenneth. Shane Pickett with a PFF grade of 70.6. And Mr. Congeniality, number two in your program, number one in your heart if you're a Steelers offensive player, Mason Rudolph, way down the list at 10, at sixty four eight, one spot behind Anthony Booger McFarland.
1: All right, so last week on the show, Patrick Peterson did his All Things Covered podcast with his cousin, former Steelers Super Bowl champion, Bryant McFadden and he gave that very awkward answer on the Steelers quarterback room.
9: Mm-hmm.
1: He said I didn't I don't want to answer the question. I'm still in the league. I'm still on the team. I got to bite my tongue. So, he was way more forthcoming and transparent on things today when he taped the show with uh with Bmac. And some good stuff I want people to hear from Peterson who I think given his status in the league is willing to be a little bit more honest because his place in history is pretty set. Like when he called out Brock Purdy before the first Steelers game of the year, and that really didn't got cooked go, like a Fourth of July hot dog. That did not end up going well for him. But he's willing to put his name on things, so this is good. He was asked straight away by, by Bryant McFadden from Peterson's. Uh, perspective what was the difference between kenny pickett and mason rudolph this year here's my take on what's the difference mason
4: is not afraid to take chances as a quarterback pushing the ball down the field he's going to stand in the pocket like he's not going to be afraid to take that pressure i think what hurts kenny is he re- he retrieves too much so he makes it easier for guys to he get him and, and yeah he retrieves too much he it makes it makes it easier for him to get corralled in the pocket, and it makes the defender's job that's much, much easier because now he can't set up into his throw and give deliver the ball with the right amount of philosophy mm-hmm. or, or power that he needs to. And that's why you saw a big difference on the offenses because we was basically running the same stuff, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, take our shots, run a couple slants. The difference was that Mason had the ability to stand strong in the pocket and deliver those balls, take those shots. Going back to Seattle, third down, the seven cut to uh, to George Pickens. If that was Kenny, in my opinion, I feel like he would have retrieved and not really had the balance to put that ball where it needed to
1: be. Okay, so, hey, you can say that you don't trust the source here, but I do think it's eye-opening. Someone who was on the team, who has a respected football IQ, he's not some nincompoop or down-the-line bozo, it's a Hall of Fame player, even though he's on the defensive side of the ball, pretty much saying there that the play caller or the plays were not the difference in how the offense looked at the end of the year with Mason Rudolph compared to where it was during the season with Pickett. He thinks it was. Um, like, uh, it's, not, it's not the tool. It's, it's the, not the uh,
2: ingredients. It's the chef.
1: Yeah. What's the other one? It's not the tool. It's, it's the, the carpenter. It's the carpenter.
2: Thank you. Carpenters had his couple hit songs, right? The, excuse me? The Carpenters. Never heard of them. Never heard of them? Nope. You're the
1: I don't know a love. single one of their songs. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Mason stood in there and made plays. Kenny wanted to bail. And that's, I think, most of us from the outside looking in saw the same things. But I don't think everyone would agree on the fact that it was – like I think a lot of the pro picket people will say, well, he retreated because no one was open. Uh, The line didn't do its job. He didn't have a choice. Canada was a complete uh, uh, idiot. Like That's why Kenny had to quit on plays. Mm -hmm. And Peterson there said, no, it was the same – the plays were the same.
2: Here's what I continue to want asked – I'm not want people to ask, oh, like a Pat Peterson. He's not going to say what I think is the truth, what he might think is the truth. The follow-up there for me would be, even if I knew he wasn't going to answer it truthfully, I'd still want to hear what he would say because maybe you'd get like a, a slip or he would get real awkward about it like he did last week, Pony. Can you fix that about a player? Just can you fix it? All right. Well, I think Peterson attempts
1: to answer that with this one.
4: Kenny can make all the throws, and sometimes that can be a blessing and a curse because because Kenny don't turn the ball over. He don't put the team in harm's way far as putting the defense on on the short side of the field. That's a plus. What he's going to have to do this offseason is he has to stand strong in the pocket. In my opinion, he's going to have to come in there and demand the offense. When I say demand, he's going to have to tell these guys what he's looking out for out of them. The receivers, the offensive linemen, the running back. Like, you are the head honcho. Act
1: like Be it. That last part makes me think that Peterson's observation of Pickett in training camp or during the season was that he didn't either believe in himself or have the confidence in himself, and it didn't materialize or manifest in the way he communicated with players. Look, there are great guys who are not vocal leaders. I don't think Sidney Crosby is the most vocal leader, but it is hard to, be, to play that position in particular – and not be someone who doesn't like exude swagger. Respect, yeah. Well, not even just swagger, but
2: like, I'm no gonna one, bark no out. No one questions what you're yeah, gonna I'm do. I'm gonna
1: bark out orders and instructions, and you guys and those guys are not only to me.
2: not only follow them without question, but embrace that. Like Brady obviously did that. Peyton Manning yelling at Jeff Saturday block. I'll call the effing plays or whatever. Yeah, and that didn't. You know what, though? He did say there, though, too, Chris,
1: he's got to learn how to stay in the pocket and stand strong, which makes me think, though, he does believe that it's a a learnable skill. It's something that with repetition and
2: work, he can get better at. How many repetitions is it going to take, man? He's done this since college. It has never changed. The most charitable interpretation of this is he got away with it in college, so he never felt like he had to get better at it in the pros. But dude, you've been in the pros now two full years. And it literally looked worse last year with this particular aspect of play. Here's the other thing about what he said about, like he's got to demand certain things out of these guys. Kenny comes off outwardly as a more like serious, focused, competitive guy than Rudolph, who just seems like a Happy, Definitely. happy guy. And yet, what did you see? Now, I know it stems from he was getting them the ball successfully, Rudolph talking up Pickens, talking to his receivers, talking to the rest of the offense. He looked like a guy totally in command, I thought between the years, he looked a lot better than Kenny. He just looked like he had the tone and attitude of command. And what did all those guys who we all said, oh, they're such malcontents, do? They fell in line and played their asses off.
1: Okay, so this is a question about – so McFadden asks Peterson – well, I'm going to get to that one actually last. Mm -hmm. So given what uh, Peterson has said about Pickett and Mason Rudolph – I would think right now if he had to pick between the two, he would go with Mason Rudolph. Do you agree with me? Yes. Okay, so that's what – would you agree, Donnie, having heard these clips? Yeah, for sure. Okay, but then listen to this answer. He was asked by McFadden if they both came to camp, who Peterson would side with in this quarterback debate. I'm going to go with Kenny Pickett.
4: Here's why. I agree. It should be a a, a competition. I agree op- upon that because there is a new office coordinator coming in, a new regime. Yep. I feel like it, it should and it needs to be a competition. If I had to hand the keys over to a guy, it would be Kenny Pickett because not only we went out and drafted this guy as our franchise quarterback, it didn't end up paying out the way that we thought it would. We fired our OC. We're gonna give everybody a fresh start. We drafted him to be our guy. So now we got a new office coordinator here, a, a new office coordinator in here, a new office of mine, a new way of thinking on how to get the ball down the field, get the ball in important people's hands, getting the quarterback's coach from the Rams. giving all of these guys, Kenny, getting a fresh start should have the opportunity to be the day one, if I had the opportunity to, if I had to pick which one I wanted to go with, be Right now, Kenny Pickett.
2: He says that, though, and all of his reasons are like what a GM would say. Well, we did use our first-round pick. There's a certain level of pot committedness, and he's he's clearly falling into sunk cost fallacy. Hold on. He just got done saying that it wasn't really anything different. It was just the guy playing quarterback played the position differently. So explain to me how a guy with new philosophies at OC at getting the ball down the field is going to get through to a player who just didn't want to do that and put the ball in harm's way. Last year, you threaten them and say, if you don't, you're not going to play. OK, I mean,
1: you've got to change what you're I think I do believe that what they demanded out of Kenny last year was to not screw it up and just play it safe. I think they've got to get him out of that comfort zone. He's good at that. Just not giving the ball away. Peterson brought it up and his interception rate would back that up. But it comes at the sacrifice of his touchdown. Yeah, rate, and which is the exact playmaking. same. I think I think, he's, I think he's spoken like a former first-round pick there. If Patrick Peterson is a sixth, seventh-round pick or is an undrafted guy, I don't think he gives that clean slate, give him a fresh start, he was a first-round pick answer. No, because he sees the guy actually performing and says that's what matters. Okay, so this last one I'm going to play for you is interesting because there's a lot in this answer. So McFadden asks Peterson straight up if he could go out and get anybody from the outside to come here and play quarterback, who would he go with and why? Who I really like out of
4: those is Kirk Cousins. Probably. I know. Honestly, I've been around Kirk. We need a quarterback that got the leadership that he carries and brings every single day. And this is not a knock on Kenny. He's just never, he never, he, he haven't seen it before. Kenny is a great guy. He's learning how to become a great leader. You no, know, he's been thrown into the fire. If you look at it, he had, he had no bet in front of him to learn from going through what his second office quarter in his third season. there's still a lot that he has to, you know, go through as far as those growing pains. There's no doubt in my mind that he would get there because like, I know how bad that he wants it. It's going to be uh, intriguing to see how his career and how the season and how everything's going to unfold. It's going to be up to him. He's going to have yeah. to take the bull by the horn and really, you know, make this out of, you know, what he wanted to be.
1: So Peterson falls back on what a lot of people that are around Kenny lean on, which is he wants it so bad, so he's going to make it happen. If you want something, if you can see it, if you believe it, you can make it happen. And Peterson, I think, is transfixed by that, too. He
2: had no the, veteran quarterback? Man, well, Mitch, Mitch was, and Peterson must not have gotten along too Trubisky well. Trubisky took an absolute... That's not a stray. That's like, a, that's like the Matrix scene where the agents are firing left and
1: right. I think a big reason why he was on the team last year was because he was a veteran. That's why they brought him back, because he got along with Kenny so well, apparently. The answer about why he likes Cousins, though, I do think is Interesting. He's got leadership that he carries and brings every day. And then pretty much said Kenny doesn't have that, but there's an excuse or there's a reason why. Clearly he saw something in the way that Pickett went about his business last year that made him think that from the mental side of things he's just not he's just not it yet. Which what the interesting thing about that to me is I thought that was the part of like the game with Kenny that he had down pat. The leadership part.
2: You can't be a great leader in the NFL unless you're at least a good player.
1: But, Chris, he had reason to think he was a good player last offseason. They they finished the season on a high note. He won games late.
2: Did people think Tim Tebow was co- a great
1: player? Like a top 20 or top 15 quarterback in
2: that offense. will then I'd cut him midseason. Howard's just a name where you'd want to you'd kick the tires on it, but I don't know if I'd say yes. Fan Hotline is presented by Sullivan. Bigger
1: people just have a good wind.